Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the radio. Um, me and Rich are going to start on the tragic death of Hannah Kimura um, at the age of 22 years old. Um, I, I, I was saying to Rich um, before we started this to um, go to the wiki, pull up the list of premature wrestling deaths, which is like, this is really saying something that, that is a wiki page. And we kind of went through it, and um, the reason why I asked you to go through it, Richard, I'm just bring it up now, it's like, I don't think I've ever had a wrestling death affect me in this way. Um, like, I guess luckily, uh, in the mid-2000s, when you know everything happened with um, Eddie or with Benoit, I was I was out of wrestling fandom. These are people that like I were fans of, but I wasn't something that I was close. Somebody I was closely following almost every single day. Uh, for me personally, like I wake up every day, and I'm sure like I'm sure what you do is also kind of similar. Is like you look at your phone, you go to Twitter, you look at trending topics, you see like oh lord, what has what has the fucking president done? Or, and then go on from there. Like for me, uh, over the last, I don't know when it became this thing with me, but like I do the same thing. And then like I go to Stardom's uh, Twitter account and I look to see what new is up or what dates are up or if there's new dates or shows or something or whatever else, see if there's any news. Um, and it's been an ongoing thing. I don't know how long. Maybe it was like New Year's. Maybe it was once like Hazuki announced her retirement because I didn't know. I didn't quite understand it. But uh, so like Hannah in stardom has been an everyday part of my life uh, for months now. And it's been a and for somebody like somebody I, you know, watch at that time, like about twice a week and someone that young and to see that it really it really got me i just i was that shocked at first and like it was in a way that i was was not expecting like with the kobe thing like i knew like i need to get away from that otherwise i'm just gonna be a fucking mess for a long ass time and uh listeners here you know they you know that was like the first time i cried over kobe um <laughs> with you and it's probably because it was like the way you were so hurt over it uh but for me it was just seeing those tweets un- unfortunately in to go from there and you know see other people that know certain people and them tweet out things that are kind of hopeful and thinking like okay well I don't know about a wrestling career after this but at least you know I had hope that she had pulled through and then to see the message from um, our homeboy Zach at like around midnight on Friday see that like she's gone it's like damn and I basically spent you know, like from from that moment, like I was on Twitter. Just I just couldn't pull myself away from my fucking phone for until probably like eight o'clock, and then I slept a couple of hours, few hours, and then got back up and just went kind of back to it until du- double nothing. And uh, thank God for double nothing. It gave me like uh, a few hours to kind of get away from it, but um, it it was rough. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just I just. I, I don't know, but yeah, um, <laughs> it was because uh, you know, like you, I saw the tweets during the day, like yeah, and I saw her, I saw the pictures that were up there of her cutting her forearms and her wrists, 
and leaving all types of various weird tweets and i was like immediately alarmed like yo this is like a suicide attempt and um the crazy thing was like uh, i was chilling with uh, my fiance Catherine. we were just you know relaxed on the couch it was probably around like 8 9 o'clock she plays some music or whatever and then you know i'm on my phone playing solitaire or whatever and then i just nod off right and then uh, I wake up around 1130 and I pick the phone up, see the message from Zach, see also Josh uh, in a different thread. And I was at thread and there were like tons of messages on the social suplex group. It was like Hanukkah Moore is dead. I'm like dead from what? Like completely like not putting two and two together what I saw earlier. Um and then, you know, you start hearing the the background details on it of, you know, I, I immediately get on Twitter like you and I was up. Uh, I, I went back to sleep and woke up around 2 a.m., 2.30. That's when you started hearing from me. Like I had like looked up something with the, the reality show she was on. You get the story about her and this guy getting in an uh, argument about her uh, her wrestling outfit that she wore at the Tokyo Dome, and she was explaining what it meant to her, and uh, the apology wasn't sufficient. Nevertheless, there was a lot of, you know, backlash against Hannah for, um, like, I guess slapping the guy's uh, hat off and the fans uh, or stands or whoever, um, they, they were really mean and nasty to her for months and months and months about this because during the, um, you know, COVID-19 situation, they haven't filmed any more episodes. So that one is just sitting there. So it's like, you know, if they got it, were able to get onto different things, maybe it's not so bad, but this is like everyone was going to tell her to go kill herself, going to die and just all this like just mean evil stuff and it was like oh, man i i i it was it's a tragic 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 loss someone that's 22 years old that was a future like superstar in the making already a star in her promotion all the love that's like poured out for her. Um, I saw something from Brody King uh, when he was talking about, you know, the couple, the one time he met her years and years ago, uh, he was training with Kyoko uh, Kimura, who's Hana Kimura's mother, who was a wrestler and, uh, and Hana. And the next time he saw her, you know, after he said goodbye to them was in Madison square garden last year. And he was there by himself, you know, taking it in looking around all of a sudden he heard a voice like Brody. And then he turned around and it was her. And, you know, they were like, damn, we made it to Madison square garden together, like essentially. And, um, it was so like, you know, Hana for me was like the first, like, wrestler i was drawn to in stardom uh like was kind of like my my entry point like well obviously she was gorgeous she was you know like swaggerific and like she had to look and everything like that and then it's it's funny we're gonna talk about arissa who later became my favorite stardom wrestler but uh seeing hannah was like kind of like your entry point like oh she's cool like that so i'll i'll see what was going on and then eventually you you know you meet the rest of the wrestlers you know yeah. uh, per se but um you know as she went on like she wasn't my favorite wrestler or anything but she was definitely like we knew what it was like she was gonna be a star like a big star eventually like she probably would have eventually came to america like you know 
had you know in her mid 20s or late 20s she would have eventually been here been a big star here and um i'm just really sad about it and it's crazy like some of the stuff that you know i i think i saw you know a lot of like you know crazy shit people trying to co-opt her death for their agendas that they want to um hide behind on twitter and all that and this wasn't a this like this isn't a time for wrestling fans to be pointing the finger at other wrestling fans like to push that agenda like this wasn't an issue of wrestling fans like this was something else but I imagine this is not only the everyday life of Hannah, but like, you know, women anywhere, like <laughs> with a, with an inbox. And I imagine like if you're a woman on social media. Now, if you're a, a famous woman on social media, if you're an athlete, um, you're a woman that has to maintain, you know, a certain look on social media, your DMs, your comments are likely trash. And <clears throat> that's not something that I can, you know, prescribe how to fix. It's just like, you know, just, remember like I don't say anything you wouldn't say in real life like stand behind what you're willing to stand behind and I uh look looking at seeing that 1997 through 2020 it was just fucking jarring and uh seeing every wrestling promotion in the world essentially except one you know really kind of publicize it just drove it home, like, you know, the wrestling community that there is, like, uh, ROH, uh, Impact, AEW, um, there were a couple more promotions, uh, NWA. Um, Pro Wrestling Eve. Pro Wrestling Eve, uh, New Japan, everyone's, like, putting up these things, and a lot of wrestlers from WWE, like, who yeah. wouldn't normally, like, you know, uh, say anything like that, retired wrestlers, um, you know, just lots and lots of people. This was a huge, huge, huge story. Um, as far as like a mainstream interest story, like of, wow, I can't believe this will happen. Why would this, this beautiful like woman kill herself at 22? And then you start, you know, putting it all together and it's, it's, you can see, you know, she, it, it broke her. Yeah. It, it, it broke her. Like it, she, like she wasn't built to, like, uh, you know, handle that type of abuse, abuse, and a lot of people aren't. And it it wasn't as easy for her to just log off or, or uninstall the app or anything like that, you would yeah. think. But, but like, I, the, like, like, she didn't grow up in a world without this. Right. Like, that's, what with, I, that's, without what gonna, that's what I was headed to. Yeah, it's just... Um, me, you watched uh, the TV show Euphoria. Um, yeah. And one of the segments was about how, or one of the beats on it was like, there was this woman that, or this young woman that would, what, that was attractive and was like, uh, developed early or whatever else. So like, the dudes in the school were like, really into her. And so she, because of the story, the, the pathos is her father left because he had a drug addiction. So she's always looking for some type of like somebody to sort of fill some type of male relationship with her. So she like is a person that's, that's quickly to fall into love mm-hmm. and the dudes in the high school were, were like really were attracted to her and wanted to do stuff with her more than anything else. So she was like, yeah, can you, you know, let's let's make make a sex tape can i record this and she was like so into these dudes that that would happen and like zendaya basically cuts in and um 
has this line about like I know some of y'all are watching this and wondering like what does she think about blah, blah blah but like this is like our generation like we've grown up with nothing but this we don't know how to really deal with anything but social media or whatever else so like I forgot how she exactly explained it but like it made sense to me that like yes a younger person person that's younger than me I'm 32 but like someone that's a, a decade younger than me like I I kind of get how you can't unplug um, like it's not as simple as you know, just you know, ter- log off or whatever. It's like, okay, so what then am I going to do to talk to my friends? Like, this is the mode of communication. Um, yeah. social media for a lot of people, like whether it's Snap or or it's Instagram or what have you. So like, telling somebody to log off, especially when you're a professional, um, wrestler, when you're you know part of the job is interacting with the public to try to sell merchandise so you can make your money you're basically telling people like yeah like cut off your nose spite your face in, in one instance um like how about we kind of tell people to stop being shitty as opposed to you need to protect yourself from the shittiness mm. uh so I, I think the thing for me um watching it or watching the the news coverage of it as far as it blowing up, like, well beyond what I thought. Like, I, I saw she's number one trend on Twitter. I was like, yeah. I I never could have imagined. And, like, granted, like, to give y'all an example of uh, what Hannah was, she she wasn't the ace of stardom, but she was the top draw. Um, Already at age 22, having just signed with the company in, like, January 2019, full-time. Um, she was... Um, a freelancer before she signed um, signed on, but that's where we were headed with this. Like twenty two years old, somebody that proved at the end of the uh, Grand Prix last year that she can go out there and have a championship caliber match in stardom that st- stands up with the Mayu Watanis or Momo Watanabe's of the world at twenty two, and you just imagine what if she figures out like other things besides you know the brawling that she was good at you know she already had the the presence she already had the star factor the part where you believe the stuff she said she already had the the biting wit on the mic um she's already leading her own unit right and you just think like as you said like yeah she if you, if you in your mind you see like if she decides to stick with this you know five six seven years from now she's in NXT and she's like you know when we talk about her how we talk about like Kyrie or EO or Asuka when they came over like big, big gigantic acquisition she has X number of classic matches or great matches or whatever else and she's here um and, and I mean in like, that, the that, that comparison I could, I could probably say is like you know what if this had been Sasha Banks right after she like, you know, like right after she dropped the title in NXT, like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't even want to get into comparisons, but it, it it's just, I, I think the thing for me, uh, the main thing, like the, the worst part about it is I had this, um, and as you listeners of the show, y'all know, um, 
I, I have a list on Twitter to avoid spoilers from stardom. So anybody that like follow on Twitter or somebody that I that might, you know, might get a like end up on my timeline, I make sure to to add them to this list, a private list of mine that says stardom. And when it's time for a Cork and Hall show, it's 140 some people. I go through all 140 some of them. Mute, 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 mute. Go through a whole long list of uh of keywords to, to block that. Just on offhand, I use Twitter and like the algorithm just pulls up something I don't want to see. Um, and during this time, like I basically have just been looking at that that stardom list and just like reading the news as it poured in, or you know things people had to say. Um, and you know. Like to see Kyrie and Kyrie is the person that like notified Jungle Kiona and and Rossi of it happening because of the time difference because she's over here and she saw those same pictures we saw and like Jungle like you know Jungle you know either got there too late or Hannah died while Hannah, while Jungle was there it's like it's really rough um, but like I think the roughest part for me was like seeing. Uh, you know the girl that we always call little Hannah girl. I, I don't know her name, but like she's basically like Hannah's little Izzy. Um, you know Bailey Izzy in, X, in NXT, and she was a super fan that would always show up to these shows in Tokyo, whether it was uh, Shinkiba First Ring or it was Corican Hall. Um, and she would just be decked out in Hannah gear. And dress like Hannah, depending on whatever gear at the time. Sometimes even the same hairdo. Um, and like she would go to like the workshops. Her and her mom would go to the workshops and work out with like different factions. So it was like, and it was funny because, like, if it's a Queen's Quest workshop, she would be there decked out in the Hannah gear, even though Hannah's the leader of TCS, and everybody's doing the cute the Queen's Quest pose, not. Not little Hannah girl. She's there doing the, the the yes sir salute, the TCS salute, and like to see like her mom's Twitter and her Twitter, and like they just have all these pictures of her and Hannah together and dressed up like Hannah, and it's just like it was just so sad. Like that was the roughest moment for me. Just like it, it made me think of like. Why I loved like uh why I love Bailey so much because it was like this is like a role model or whatever, mm-hmm. and you have that like representation right there in your face like every time you turn the TV or or you know go to Star Wars for example and like it brought me back to that same connection and like I me think like if something happened to Bailey and I saw uh Izzy that shit would have fucked me up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, it just made me think of that connection and and the connection she had with, like, so many people throughout wrestling, you know, and we always talk about, like, the Joshi scene being so small, and it's like, when I talk about that list, it's like, you see just, you know, Asuka, Io, Kyrie, Hiroyo Masamoto, uh, you know, it's... It, all these different legends and you know all the people that have interacted with her over the years because she was a freelance for she showed up to stardom and all of them just like they can't believe it or it's so you know it's such a sad thing for them and to see like all of that it's just you know that's part of what has uh, been an everyday part of my life for like the last I don't know how many months ever since I started doing this thing and 
since I started watching Starman, you know, you know, you're doing this on show. It's like to see all of those people just like hurting in that way. Just like, damn. And you know, I, I, it was something I just didn't expect to hit me like this, but it did. Yeah. Um. Rest in peace, uh, Hannah Kimura. This was. This didn't need to happen. This is. Um, uh, this is a real, real, real. Like I don't. I don't think there's any like you know wrestling you know precedent you know to this, unless you want to go back to like Devon Eriks, and this is like you know a way different situation than Devon Eriks. Um. So, you know, she dealt with a lot growing up, even as a child. So yeah. this could have been, you know, building up from then. This is somebody that was terrified of wrestling because her mom was a wrestler. Her mom was a badass. Um like I've seen her I've seen her in a war, an absolute war with Asuka. Um or Asuka, not Asuka now in Japan, but um WWE Asuka, when she was Kana. Um and I saw Hannah in an interview. This is um, right after Bushiroad bought Stardom, and they're doing these like uh, kind of like profile pieces when they were trying to recruit talent. Remember, how they were, you know trying to recruit new people, um, and you know they had people that had like these interesting lives, like Tam's. You know, um, Tam used to be in a pop group. Um, Jungle was a was a um, was actually doing um, charity work in Senegal. Um, Utami is like the daughter of is you know grew up on a reality show. I don't know if you knew that. Like she was mm-hmm. uh, like she's like one of like seven, um, one of seven kids um, of this dude that's a celebrity. There's a, some reality show celebrity. Um, and Hannah was as a, you know you're you know talk about it as a second generation wrestler. And her whole thing was like you know I used to you know be in the hallways and I would sell merchandise for my mom with my grandmother and I would watch her and watch the wrestling and it used to terrify me I never thought I was going to wrestle I used to tell her I was never going to become a wrestler and then she eventually be- became a wrestler and you know that's where she was headed like she was recruiting people to become a wrestler by telling her story and you know you know she's gone now but you know I hope whatever um she was such a positive person that I hope that, you know, whatever um, positive messages or, or positive moments she's had with people, I hope that, that those are the lasting memories of her for, for people. Yeah. Um, I hope we get, like, more stories to come out, you know, just about different wrestlers. Like, because that's, that's really all we're going to have left. Like, it's yeah. not like she's leaving, like, you know, children behind or, um, you know, tons and tons of matches. Like, she's got, like, you know, pretty much like a solid year's work. Um, like, you know, as, as a signed, uh, act in stardom and, you know, the, the way stardom's profile has risen in the West over the last year, like we actually got to see her in person by chance Twice. Like last year at, um, you know, yeah. It, within two days, like, or the same, you know, uh, I think not two days, day. two days, cause the Saturday, Saturday show was Friday, Saturday. the Friday show was uh stardom. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So like we got to, we got to see her Russell two times that like, you know, and we got to see what looks like an era of stardom we'll get to later like yeah. uh, and then think about who's not around anymore it's like wow this is like it's gonna be a lot of changes and you know maybe like it, it's just a thing like man just don't show up to shows like expecting that it's always gonna be the same because like it's not 
Like it, it could be like a pandemic happens. It could be someone suddenly retires. It could be someone's not here with us anymore. So just like enjoy the wrestling that, you know, uh, that you're getting to see, you know, enjoy the moments with your friends that, that you're there with, uh, enjoy the moments that, you know, you meet these people, you know, and, and, you know, it's it's a uh, you know it's a you know death and wrestling is like it always goes hand in hand but you never expect something like this so yeah um, yeah um, I think I'm out of stuff to say about Hannah so I guess um, we'll just let's start the show start the show are you tired of the same old pro wrestling then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe get your free trial today at powerslam.tv Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap. So I had to break it down The whole network, man, we coming for the crown Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Okay, y'all. So, um, we're going to transition over to um, AEW Double Nothing last night. I um I thought it was a great show. It was a great show. Um I end up what because I you know, y'all, you know, I don't know if I should blow up y'all spot or what or what, but like y'all you care or what? Should I should I mention what happened last night or no? I don't know what you're about to say, so I mean Uh okay, so it. I wa- I watched it alone. I watched. I watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, okay. Yeah, we yeah. we watched. We, we, so, we, there are four of us. Yes. Okay. Oh, four. It, so. Okay. All right, y'all on your chat, yeah. so that's good. Like, yeah, some of them were out there risking risking transmission to um to to watch wrestling together. I decided to stay my ass at the house. Um. So like, the I guess like the talk that I heard from y'all watch party. I guess four people. I guess it's a party. <laughs> um, was a lot more pop or positive just like i was positive but it was even more positive so i like so for me like i was like you know with this hannah thing like i've only gotten like far asleep maybe i'm just you know i'm not into it the way that i normally am i don't know so i watched it again and a lot of the matches that there was no matches that on, on rewatch i thought lesser of um 
but there were a few matches that I thought higher of at first, and there were already matches that I thought like highly of anyway. But but yeah, I um, this was a great show. Um, and the only sh- matches that weren't great were like the matches that weren't designed to go be great because they went short. Yeah, man. I fucking loved this show. Um, <laughs> I was burying this show uh, in the card for days in our group chat. I was concerned about where the great matches would be. I was concerned about, um, you know, some of the pairings. I was just looking up and down, like just unsure of a lot of stuff. And uh, I, I thought, you know, they were headed for a brick. Like, and I was like, I felt like the title match was cold. I felt like, you know, um, it you was. know, Cody and Archer were going to, we're going to, you know, I, I didn't think it would go that well as it, as it ended up going. Do you um, think there's going to be more and, like, interference? You know, yeah. So I thought they were going to like, just completely overdo it. Like oh, normal. They, they, they overdid it, but it did not to an egregious degree where it's like, throw your hands up like <laughs> during the NJF match. Um, and, you know, but at the end of the day, this was a blowaway show. This was like, I, I talked to Chad. He loved the show as well. Dave Fenichel, of all people, was talking me into this show uh, the day before that it happened. And, um, you know, it just showed me like, yo, never bid against these guys ever, like under any circumstances, because they're they're way too creative, they're way too motivated, and they're way too, like, concerned about, holding themselves up to the to the standard that they've set and i felt this special feeling like i was watching this like moment in time with this promotion at the end of revolution and then i looked over at jeremy and i was like man i feel like that special feeling again after you know watching the stadium stampede match and it was like fuck this is great like it's so great to be like invested in wrestling that you know is going to pay off at the end that you know like the like whether you know the good guys win or not but if they do it's gonna feel really good and it's gonna feel earned like at the end and it's gonna feel like man there was a reason that i gave all these hours to this program and it's not just they'll fuck you with a dq and uh yeah and just roll the shit over it's like i feel like they really care i feel like you know everyone that went to do this show in you know the society that we're in right now with the fucking pandemic like imagine if there were fans at this show oh my god like like we're talk- talking about a, a show of the year contender like this was just like it, it, it wasn't, was brilliant i think it's a like, show of the year contender even without uh that many fans there there were some fans there but not that many yeah i, I want to know this, how this I, was like, do you think floyd's furious that he couldn't make the list of like the 50 to 100 people yes that there? <laughs> yes he, he he was definitely trying to get the invite <laughs> don't care um but this was like, it was like, yo, I was like going to the show like, oh man, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to bury this shit because like I was burying it ahead of time and I was like, I'm gonna have to. Be I, didn't, I, I didn't want it to be. I was like, I was like, I didn't want it to be bad. I'm like, like, well, what the fuck, man? This ain't what I'm used to. Like, this is bullshit. And then these, they came out here every fucking match. It was like, oh, this is good. Like, and it started during like the Jungle Boy MJF match. Like, oh well, shit, oh sh- oh, they having a match, match. Okay, were you actually and worried about that, that match though? I kind of was, just because like my thing was like, all right, MJF. We know we we thought we knew what MJF was, right? And everything that we've seen from him thus far, and Jungle Boy just hasn't had that chance to really like 
get out there as much. Um, and it was like, I was like, all right, he has to send a message and be like, all right, I'm here. I have to arrive. So mm-hmm. I'm, it's going to be hard for me to just bet and be like, that guy's going to make himself like, you know, he's going to grab some real estate tonight. Like it's gotcha. hard. It's hard to like, just kind of, kind of predict. That's fair. But That's fair. I should have known because these guys are, they have great chemistry historically. Yeah, like I, I saw remember, someone I say their AEW match earlier. Or earlier was it? Was it the beginning of this year or was it the end of last? It was year? on the boat. Okay, it was yeah, on the boat. Yeah, I like that match, so I, I wasn't really that yeah. concerned about them. Um, but to, to get to the level it did, it was like, oh man, it felt like John Boy was out there at PWG, and then <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> MJF was like <laughs> right there with him, and it was like, yeah. So he gets someone that can wrestle, wrestle, and he can hang right in there. Oh, I I get it. That made me think that. Oh my God, what if we we're seeing a a flare like guy and MJF and like you know I've seen people people say like. You know, this is like watching Flair and Steamboat in the 70s. Like, we're going to have, like, 15 more years of, like, going against each other. And it's only going to get better, like, <laughs> with, with these guys. If they can just, like, these are career rivals right here. I thought, yeah, I, and I'm i glad you brought that up because the next thing I was going to say is I thought that this was basically the B-side of Darby and, and Sammy. Or it's like, uh, yeah. that's one young, that's one rivalry with the young dudes that eventually, like, you think are going to be, like, lifetime rivals. And then over there is like they matched it they finally like this is their second match but like they finally have one that they could put on there and say like yeah this this goes this matches up is on par with y'all stuff sammy and and, and darby uh so yeah I, i'm glad they finally got it off the ground in that way like i remember the i remember the match with um jungle boy and mjf that apparently was on the boat i don't remember where it was but um, I remember really liking, but I didn't think it was great. But but this one is like they improved upon it because it wasn't a TV match. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, do you want to go down? Uh, do you want to go down the card in the sync in, um, in chronological order? Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so uh, I forgot what the battle with the with the I'm calling it Rumble in the Bank, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> basically, the uh, the bat- uh, casino battle royal ladder match is that what's called officially or uh, casino, the casino ladder match. The casino ladder match. Yeah. Uh, I the first time watching this, I didn't know what to, I thought it was a good match, but I only had it like I, I was like I don't know I don't know because like I missed so much shit because the camera crew missed so much shit. Um, and then the second time watching it, it didn't bother me as much because I already knew where they, what they fucked up. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, like I can imagine what that what that bump looks like for for Kip Sabian. I can imagine what that bump looks like for for Darby, for whoever else took a million bumps that the camera crew missed. So, um, rewatching it, it has it has so many good moments. It is like that. I I now give it four stars. Before I was like, it could be anywhere between three and four. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I now I, I give it four. Um, I, I love. I ended up loving the format because I always was feeling this sense of like, well, who's next? And it was, you know, rather than everyone just being out there and then people were laying around and falling asleep ahead of time, you know, it was like, all right, there's only a couple of us in here. So we're fighting. Then just one guy at a time I thought was a really like strong um, format. Like I, I thought it worked out like, you know, like I anticipated. What I will say as far as the laying around, um, on the second watch, this didn't get me the first time, but the second time, 
Darby did a Darby did almost. Oh, Darby was out. Yeah, he, he put that Alexa, but he didn't win. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, but, pretty I mean, much. Like he did that one spot. I will say this though, that um that ladder bridge. Y'all look, just use wooden ladders because when when I can see the cut on the fucking ladder, and then when you put any weight on the ladder, and like the shit bends in the middle, like y'all gotta do better. Y'all gotta do better. Just just buy wooden ladders. Just buy little yeah. ladders. But but yeah, like um aside but aside from that, like, you know, it made sense. I don't know like they're gonna have to do some work on the back end with the Taz, Darby, and Dar and like we'll and, talk and, about and the, the, the winner. Well the winner we had the, the mystery man we ended up being Brian Cage. Yes. Um who very excited for for this gentleman to uh join the promotion. Yeah. Um he was great. He was great. Um I will say um, did they have a drug policy in AEW? Not that I know of. Because, boy, I... <sighs> gender thinks that man has too many back zits. Yeah. Like, it, right. it was bad. <laughs> it was yeah, bad. He's, he's but, a, uh... but look, I don't... Look, I don't care. As long as he... As long as he is not, like... Look, whatever you want to put in your body is what you want to put in your body. All I'm saying is... so Just gonna die. All I'm saying is, so long as you are okay with the consequences, and so long as you are not out here being like having mood swings or anything like that can affect other people's like safety or whatever else, I you know whatever do you? But you know what he probably he probably got the, he probably on the TUE joints. Oh yeah, good point. He's like I don't, I don't, I ain't on it no more. I, but I need to, you know, I need to, you know, I need to keep my ratio where it was. I don't, I right. can't, I can't make no one myself. I don't burn right. that shit out. Right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, this is I, awesome. Like overall, I like big addition. Like, big addition. I like Scorpio and uh, Kazarian starting against each other. I thought that was uh, pretty cute uh, the, of them doing that. The, okay, so they did the spot where. It, Janela came out, cleared out the ringside area because he's on a ladder. Um, throws out Janela, Janela, and then he goes to climb up. Janela goes back into the ring with a chair, cracks Kazarian one time. Scorpio gets rid of Janela. Scorpio or uh, Kazarian's on the ladder, writhing in pain. Never sees Janela. Turns around and sees Scorpio with the chair. And Kazarian made a face like, what the fuck, bro? They never went back to that again. Mm. So. Maybe it's maybe they just maybe were leaving it out there. Maybe it's yeah. something for the future. But they didn't address it during the match. So I'm wondering if that's something for the future, potentially. Yeah. Um, but Brian Cage, big signing. He's going to be having a mox match with um, Paul but uh, with John Moxley. <laughs> They're going to be doing it at Fighter Fest. We don't. So yeah. that's gonna Spider Fest is back, one of my favorite shows that they've done. Um yeah, that's gonna be awesome because my thing with Moxley, I'm like, get him out of his comfort zone, get him like fresh opponents. This is just what I wanted. I don't think necessarily this is this far out of his comfort zone because after watching that strike exchange, I mean we've seen Cage before, but like after watching that strike exchange that Cage had with Luchasaurus, and then you watch yeah. the Brody match, you just know they're gonna have a fucking crazy they're gonna have like some great, some great match is going to have like two different sequences of them just strong style on it, and it's going to be incredible. Chris yep. strikes with like the, the Chris rough strikes of Cage versus like Moxley, like you know, just being just 
no finesse as uh somebody said it last night like he has no finesse in like good <laughs> no finesse mean potatoes straightforward like so yeah. they're gonna i imagine that match is gonna be great so like i'm excited for that match in the future and, and brian cage coming into the promotion you know there's one man that i want to see him fight and you know who it is okay. like <laughs> yes like like I'm like imagine, like you know, <laughs> just imagine all the flips, all the all the all the big moves, all the the kickouts, all the all the V triggers, all the F tens, and uh, just everything with the cage does with his power move set. That's that's amazing. He's a creator wrestler. I forgot. Was it was it Darby? Who did he give the uh, the F five to? Darby, I think. Get, yeah, and if somebody said, "Is that an F? Is that an F ten? And in my mind, I'm like. Nah, bitch, that's an F-150. That's full forward power right there, baby. <laughs> He's spitting that man like a fuck. Say that man flying. Bruh, he spent that man around like... <laughs> I can't even get it out. Marco still had the ladder for thugs in there. Yes, but okay. Okay. He threw that man around like Petey Pablo's t-shirt. God damn it. <laughs> North Carolina, go on and raise up. <laughs> He spit, he spit that boy around like a helicopter, bro. <laughs> he really did. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I ended up going four stars on yeah. this as well. Or okay, so when I first watched it, I had so I had a problem with Ka- Orange Cassidy because Orange Cassidy is like, okay, I don't know, you, I know he's a comedy wrestler. You know, we saw him before um, AEW actually, but the thing with his, him, I always thought that. He was just lazy. He wasn't a dumbass. Right? <laughs> so he didn't know the rules. When they, you know, so when he's, when he can't un- understand, like, the concept of you win the match by climbing, a, by getting a ladder, opening a ladder, climbing up the ladder, grabbing something, and then, like, best friends have to explain it to him. He comes out and... <laughs> And Excalibur has to explain to him, and he's like, I really have to fucking climb? Ugh. And then he gets in the ring, and he reaches up, and I'm like, yeah. you fucking idiot. Like, he's... When was he ever an idiot? I don't remember being an idiot. So it annoyed me to no end, right? But the second time watching it, I'm like, it didn't bother me as much, because I already knew it was coming, so I was like, whatever. So I accepted it. But I will say, it was funny as fuck, when he climbs on Cage's back, Cage looks at the corner of his eye, turns his head, and is like, "Oh, it's Orange Cassidy. I'm climbing up this bitch. I don't give a fuck about him yeah. on my back." Yeah. I was like, "I was like, he he made that man such a fucking geek. Like, you want to act like a geek? I'll treat you like a geek. I really enjoyed yeah. that. I appreciated that." Yeah, uh, and him and Taz is going to be a fun pairing because yes. we know Taz can talk, and you know, him and Darby, they're probably going to get to it first. Yeah, and um, you know, yeah, like. Yeah, apparently he was, uh, you know, being rejected. That didn't sit well with Taz. Yeah, that was. Um, we're we're going to need some work on the back and explain. That's what I was talking about because, like, Taz just doing his job and Darby's being a, a dick for being for Taz being honest with him. And then next thing you know, Taz is after you know Taz was just like, I don't know what his problem is. And then Taz just shows up like. Oh yeah, fuck you. Here's Cage. <laughs> I was like, I don't. Bro, look, that's kind of an outsized reaction, you know. Yeah. That shit went from zero to a hundred. Yes, real quick. I was, yeah. So like, they're gonna have 
like I'm okay. it's not like the worst thing in the world, but like because it obviously wasn't interaction and this tension there between those two, but like the person that was bringing that energy, you know, was Darby. It wasn't Taz until Taz brought out the you know speaking of energy, he brought out a fucking like nuke, the mountain. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I mean, we'll see. Like I, I mean, I. I don't. I don't think I want to see Darby lose again to set up Cage going into his title match. But mm-hmm. I want to see them wrestle eventually. But I would like to see Darby kind of rebound from the Cody thing lately, um, and then have the match with Darby. Or maybe that's a thing where, like, you know, he that's in the background right now, and then like we get Darby and and Cage Whoever. and like all out or some shit. I don't know. So we got uh, uh back to MJF and Jungle Boy. I went four and a half on this, and it was like, okay. yo, <laughs> I felt like I saw a glimpse of like two young dudes like figure it out. Um, it feels like MJF is gonna be a world champion within the next twelve months, um, and or excuse me, eighteen months. Uh, like by all by the time All Out Three comes, I think he'll have held the world title. Um, he, I think he answered a lot of questions for people that, you know, thought he could only talk. Um, he showed, you know, that when he's in there with a top wrestler, he can perform, he can wrestle, he can get heat, he can have an old school match, he can have a new school match. Um, this guy's like, he's phenomenal. Like, <laughs> the, the best way, the best compliment I can give him is that. This was like a NXT, sh- like an NXT show, or like an NXT main event from like 2018. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big fucking Um It, you know, it was like you know, I, I wouldn't. I was between at the time. I was between like four or four and a quarter. Um, I'm giving it four and a quarter on the second watch. Uh, I liked it even more. Um, I think the things that hurt it was that at the time when I was like I was between was commentary. Commentary put him over well, but like they even missed some stuff. Like they missed towards like the end of sequence, for example. They missed that uh, MJF got out of one of out of a, a schoolboy by wrecking the eyes. Then they uh-huh. missed um, on like on the pinfall. That he beat him with that cradle by trapping Jungle Boy's bad left arm, like he clutched that arm when he had him pinned, and I was like, he did a mass, he did a he did a great job of technical wrestling, both of them in in this match, if storytelling and technical wrestling, and they missed out on some aspects of this, but like, it was on point. Like this was one of the, I don't know, like I, I guess you would see stuff like this in PWG when it's not like super flippy dudes. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, I was thinking um, while, while watching, like, this must be, like, I mean, given the size of the guys, like, this is, like, some type of PWG, some, like, older, like, Dragon Gate USA type stuff. I, mm-hmm. I, um, so, like, I, I thought it was I thought it was a great match. And, you know, if it eventually gets higher on the card in the future with this matchup, then, like, I think it could be even better. Yeah, best match of both of their um, careers in AEW. Um and <laughs> I don't think it's close, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I just, I'm still just like those four, like those young four. 
like that's going to be interesting over the next two years to see like where their careers are from this point to now between Darby and Sammy and, and MJF and Jungle Boy. Like, I feel like if Jungle Boy makes it like with those three, then it'll be a, a smash in four, every, four everything. Four pillars? Huh? Four pillars? Oh my God. Because <laughs> at this point, you have to include <laughs> Hangman, but Hangman might just be a tad older than he might. I think Hangman's 27 or 28. I think Hangman's, I think Hangman's older than that, or I think he's above that grade. Like, he's already. Like I, I would say, yeah. I would say, I would consider Hangman to be like in that Pac range where, like, he's either either you call him an upper mid carter or you call him a low main eventer. Mm-hmm. Like he's in that small little window that they have in AEW, and then like, but the four that we mentioned, like, those are all flat out mid carters right now. I mean, yeah. they pushed MJF like an upper mid carter, but he's he's not there yet. But this his match work, is going to go a long work, way. You know, his work, you know, would, you know, his work on the mic and with this kind of match or whatever else, and the push he's had, like, would. He hasn't lost. Right. Would make you feel that way. Like, I get you. So if you feel that way, like, he's already in that, that, that pack. But, like, I mean, if you want to say he's better than the pack, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to agree with you. And we, we can fight to, tooth and nail over that one. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, what was the next match after that? Was it uh, Cody? That's Archer. So uh, yeah. this is a great time to talk about. Uh, Mar- Mike Tyson came in with the uh, unfinished TNT Championship. So um, I guess something happened where they weren't able to complete it, and it's like silver instead of gold. Right. Right. So, so but. I thought it was hilarious because I saw certain people complain about like you know something on the lines of. AEW got lucky by may or may not have gotten lucky because they unveiled a brand new red championship belt and there was no crowd there to shit on it. But then again, AEW fans are, you know, sheep. So they wouldn't have shat on the belt, like talking about the universal title. Meanwhile, this person said this most of my most tweets I see on my timeline is this belt is garbage. So I I was like, if, are we not on the same internet? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's whole different timelines. I saw people like I heard everyone talking about it before I saw it. First time, so I was like, huh, that's kind of basic. Like when I first saw it, then yeah. I heard the story. I was like, oh, it's not done. I'm like, then I just didn't think about it again. And then right. everyone was just continually like, this is fucking trash. Like this is, I'm like. <laughs> They said it's not done. Like I don't <laughs> look. Look, I'm sorry. That belt. That belt was like. Look, I don't know if it's a better idea if you just say like, look, the belt ain't ready yet. You have the title, but we don't have the belt ready for you yet. Because after all, Vince, the belt is not a championship. It is a trophy commemorating you being the title of being that champion, Vince. Like he's all his whole thing about like. It's not a it's not a belt. Belt holds your pants. It's a title. No, it ain't no fucking title. You being that the fill in the blank champion is your title. That is a trophy. Whatever. So anyway, I um I thought that like them taking pictures with it and them displaying it, I don't know if they should have just if they've been better off just not not even showing us it not completed and just like when it's ready, it'll be ready. And like, I don't think Cody is gonna be losing it no time soon anyway. So by the time is is ready, 
he, you know, he can unveil the belt at like the next pay per view and be like, "This is what it really. This is, you know, this is it. I, you know, I don't have the belt. Or maybe they feel like, you know, without you, nothing in place, it just looks janky or whatever else. Maybe they feel mm-hmm. bad for Cody. Like, look, we're not gonna make you AEW champion. Yes, we understand you're the top babyface in the company, but like, we gonna make you this other champion to make the importance of the secondary title. If we can pretend and get and slap these people's head into believing in the second. Uh, the second title, like it's a just as big of a deal. So, b- got Cody bought it on it, and then all of a sudden, Cody's like, well, "Where's the belt? Oh, you know, we can't give you the belt, bruh. You, 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 you gotta, you gotta, give, you gotta give me something, bro. <laughs> you gotta give you me, have to give me the belt. <laughs> so they gave that man an unmade belt, and then like, have you seen a picture with him and Moxley? Yes. Like, bro, that's like, what's the difference between a four point and a four point six? About 30 or 40 grand cost sucker beat it. <laughs> like, obviously, like, yeah, bro, it, it, it was really, really, it, he was out there lacking. Like, bro, I all, made all the, it made me think is like, God damn, the AEW championship is beautiful. <laughs> like, that shit, like, that shit is like the clear, it, it was like, you see two dudes, and like, they got chains on, and one person has the way nicer chain. And like Cody should just like either put the belt aside or he need to, or he need to tuck or pull like his and hide his belt. Like he need to tuck that chain, bro. Like that is it is just it just don't work. You ain't we ain't balling the same. Yeah, you know. We, we should have different hoops, bro. We shouldn't have different hoops. But yeah, uh, you know, as far as the match, I thought like this is a match that I watched it, and then the second time I watched it, I thought the I, I thought before I was like maybe three and a half, and then I watched it. And I'm like, yeah, that's three and a half. Um, it probably would have been better served going shorter, not not much shorter, but like maybe like three minutes. But mm-hmm. for the most part, Cody bumped his like Cody bumped for that monster like he was ninety six, ninety seven Shawn Michaels. It was it was a sight to behold. He was out like. He took the bump when he went when he bumped on the mat from going over uh basically going over the barricade on when he was outside the barricade area. He took a bump where he got Gorilla Press slammed out of the ring over the corner onto the mat. Like he 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 I don't I, he gotta feel sore. That's the best way I can explain. Like he busted his ass in this match. Um I thought that Archer was Archer from what we've seen. In these matches, except it was over, it wasn't a squash match. It didn't go super short, and I don't know if they utilized um, Arn and Jake as well as I thought they would have. But you know, it wasn't overdone, to, in my opinion. And it was all, and all the stuff that happened was really just towards the end. So like, it, they they did it, and then like, it went immediately to the finish. So I don't really have much of an issue with it. This was one of the least bullshit matches that Cody has done. Uh, mind you, there was still bullshit there, yeah, like in the, the match, stuff. like when when Arn Anderson is cheating yeah. for this man, and you know all that. But I would uh, say Arn still does pop me when he shows up with the play sheet because it's like all y'all talk about is you know y'all talk about people with move sets and don't just wrestle like cody is the least move set wrestler you can find in this era that oh not no look not no more look in this era right and what do you think is on r anderson's play sheet moves nigga (laughs) 
I love Look, it. Cody, t- like in the wor- in the words of Jeremy, <laughs> Cody wants to be Will Osprey so bad. <laughs> this man was doing stinger splashes. This man was uh, using the fucking cross face. He was using the stinger splash. He was using uh, the os cutter. He yeah, was he, he was he was using a bunch of other people's moves. He was using his brother's move. I was like, <laughs> all right, Cody. I was like, I, I was like, I see what you, what you done. Earn some new points to put to put on your move set. Like like it's a video game. Uh, like you going, like you going, yeah, you you going further in the career mode. So they gave you some more points, and you you equip some new stuff. All right. Oh man. But I, um, I, I gave this three point seven five. So okay. I, I I didn't I didn't go go um to four because I I didn't think got I think it went a little long. Yeah, I, I, um, I didn't consider it four. I I, I would have went for the squash though. You know, I thought Lance was going to you know get him out of there. You know, oh, real quick. You, you know, don't don't. At ri- at rich, don't at me, Floyd. <laughs> you know that's the only reason why you said that was just to rile up Floyd, and I'm out to hear he gonna blame me for some shit that you said. Oh you man, know, I, I thought we were going towards the squad. That would have been a nice change of pace. No one would have seen it coming. You know, uh, yeah. could have had Mike. Could have got the photo op with, with Lance. You know, and Jake. You know, together. You One know. thing I gotta say for for Jake, Jake, he didn't do much in this match, but like. When he's fucking with Cody for at, at the end, and then Cody hits the DDT and it stares at him. Yes. And then Jake wants to get in the ring because he's pissed. He uses fucking move. And then I J- laugh and, and then Jr. This was an attraction. Jr. He buried on, Cody. He said, "Well, you know, no one does it, the DDT as good as Jake. He he when he does it, he beats people. He's sixty five yep. or sixty four. Who gives a fuck, Jim? Anyway, so." Like when he came back, spine buster. When he came, yeah, right, and he repaid him with the spine buster. Yes, that was great, um, and that led to the the Arn Anderson situation. Uh, but when Jake came back with the snake, and then Mike's like, "Nah, bro, we ain't putting no fucking, we ain't playing with no fucking snakes." Yo. The face that that Jake made was just like incredible. He was like scared slash annoyed at the same time, and he and slash. I don't know, embarrassed. Like it was this face that I can't really like describe with like simple uh, emotional words. Like you have to see the face. Like it's worth a thousand, you know, picture for a thousand words. Like it was great. Like he had great faces in the, um, the closest they had for him. Like it was a good job. Like outside of really, you know, it going a little too long and um, them catching Mike yawning that one time. I thought yeah, this was, was I thought this is a really good match. I mean, I, I mean, I gave it three and a half. I said so it's a really good match, but but yeah, like. I um I was really I was really happy that you know they were able to pay off all of that that they had between them with that tournament or whatever to get to that point to get this point and like I'm glad Cody finally has something to, to commemorate like this run he's had since you know the start of Dynamite because like how many babyface runs have we really had like this that have been like as far as quality you know television not that many mm-hmm. so like I'm glad they commemorated with like a run towards something. Anything, <laughs> so I'm happy. Now we can scheme on who's gonna beat this nigga. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so um, after that, we had um, uh, Alex Marvez interviewing Doctor Sampson. He said Britt Baker has a fracture of the leg. So good news for Britt Baker. Uh, no ACL tear. We yes. were thinking good it was news. six to you nine months. You only broke your leg. <laughs> Correct. Correct. 
So uh, she had an LCL and a tender tear, but uh, apparently the patient was worse than the injuries. So yeah. according to the doctor, so yeah, um, this, was, this was a real medical staff person because that person was clearly reading scripts and was not like really did not want to do this. That's what he seemed like. He was like he looked uncomfortable as hell. But um, you know, they said that uh, at the post. The, after the the press conference scrum afterwards that like it's a six to eight week injury so like that is so much better than us thinking it's gonna be six to nine for torn ACL um yeah so yeah like so break and cut promos and it looks like you know they, the match is already you know, like we know what the match is uh, you know so we'll get to it later but um first uh we had Chris I, that do you think they go to it that fast or do you think they wait till like revel or what oh would that's be the, all the out full gear 2020 you think so what, Whatever all out is, that's uh, when they're doing that. I think. I remember. I remember maybe a couple of weeks ago you said maybe they should wait till November. You you change your mind? So, I don't know. Uh, I I think it's one of those two shows for sure. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah, the that's the that's the money match. Like yeah, yeah, like it's abundantly clear. Yeah, I think she was um, out of the belt for like six months or, yeah. something, or something long. So we had uh, Chris Statlander and Penelope Ford here. I enjoyed this. Uh, I gave this uh, the gentleman's three. Um, I thought Chris like was excellent in this match. She was like all gas, no breaks. Like when she was diving through through the ropes, like physical, tough, big. I think she's a superstar still, um, and she's just like. <sighs> I love big, strong athletes, like, <laughs> like, like especially in the women's division. <laughs> yeah, um, I I thought this is an average match. I'd probably go, if I had to give it a star, I'd probably go like two and a quarter, two and a half. I, okay, so I believe, I, I'm not writing either one of them off, like, especially Stat, like Stat is somebody that, um... Well, this is more of a comment. Actually, I'm not even going to use Stat because Stat is in a category of like, like she just needs more consistency and she needs like honestly to she needs to go to Japan for like six for a tour and tag with with Jamie Hader and so she can show you how to just run and hit people and like and not be afraid to lay it in. But um, what I will say is because Penelope, I think Penelope could be could become good eventually, but. I think in the process of her trying to become good, she is going to get herself fucked up a lot. Like the the her it's almost as if like her head is a magnet and like the concrete on the floor is metal. I like there was one spot during the um the the, the tope when um her and um Kip are catching for <clears throat> incoming um stat were like and like she almost, you know, Kyrie saned herself onto the concrete. Mm. Um, there was a few other spots where it's like her, she just bashing her head on the on the on the mat, and I'm like, you're not gonna be doing this long if you if this keeps up. So I don't know what you need to do as far as trying to get yourself together, but please do because it's not gonna be pretty for you. You keep doing this. Um, I hope she's okay. But uh, Statlander ended up getting the win. Uh, Kip Sabian was fucking hilarious, coming out here on crutches and his legs wrapped up and shit. So, um, 
then we got uh sean spears uh <laughs> and he came out in a suit uh he played the, the deal like it was uh sean michaels in montreal with a fake entrance i was dying laughing uh i was really enjoying sean spears and then all of a sudden dustin like appeared and it was like someone had been making fun of the undertaker or something and he just got squashed essentially yeah um he whooped he basically, Dustin whooped the, the suit off him like it was Flare and Sting, and he had sock garters on for, for comedic effect, because this ain't the fucking 80s um, or 90s. Um, then he, you know, he tries to run out of there, and he and he literally shows ass, even, even for him, yeah. he literally showed ass, um, and... Then he's bumping around, and then like they showed his close up, taking great bumps, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was a match. Like, if they actually were trying to have a match, they probably could have had a good match, just flatly good. But like, it was it went like four minutes, like less than five minutes, and it was just mostly just like reestablish him, huh? That's why I was happy. I was like, wow, they kept it short. They didn't insult us. I was like, wow, that was was like that's even better. It's short. Yeah, it wasn't even here. Yeah, and it wasn't even like a back and forth. It was a clear, decisive winner from from the bell to bell. Um, and I I mean, I don't know what the fuck to do with that stupid uh, Tully Blanchard on his dick of his. Yeah, I I, I don't understand the joke. It's supposed to be embarrassing as if, like, I I don't know what they're... Obviously, it's supposed to be... Uh, he's a heel, so he wears goofy shit. I don't know, but, like... Yeah. Like, best case scenario, y'all being foolish. Worst case scenario, y'all are like, the joke is homophobic. Whatever. So, yeah. like, whatever. Either way, they did it, and <sighs> they immediately went to the finish after that, so it only went four minutes, so, like, whatever. Man, it was that, Boy, I fucking... I, I, I hated the idea of this getting added on. I was like, wow, this whole feud's about Cody. This is the, the <laughs> you know, this revolving, and Cody don't give a fuck about either one of these motherfuckers. Like, and I, I was like, oh, wow, the, the nepotism is, like, you know, it, it's running deep here. Like, I was, I was deep in, like, oh, my God, I hope this promotion's not going the wrong way last week, so... Uh, <laughs> How old is Dustin? 49? 50. 50. Don't you just love when, like, you gotta get the heat back for, for a 49-year-old baby face? Yeah. <laughs> or a 50-year-old like, baby like, like, this kind of this kind of this kind of stinks for Sean Spears, because it's hey. like, yo, you gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta rebuild. He should be a tag guy. Completely. He was remember, remember when he was looking for a tag partner? Whatever happened to that? Ain't found him yet. He, he needs to be a tag guy. I think he'll be great in tag. Like, in fact... I would like him just to be, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I would like for him just to be like the I Hate Cody Club with with him and MJF and Wardlow. I would enjoy that. They have obvious chemistry when they do the stuff when they're on the hill sideline or the hill side of the uh, of the barricade during these empty arena shows. Like, just put them together. Fuck it, let them gamble. I don't yeah. know, that's maybe this um, They announced All Out first. They announced all out for September fifth. They did not say where though. So yeah. uh, Daily's place, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, I- I'll say this: they, let, let they y'all then, do, uh, let y'all do all yeah. out um, on September fifth in uh, in Jacksonville. I guarantee you, Floyd will be there. If Floyd, look, if Floyd don't get invited in, he will break in. He will sneak in the building. Yes. 
Yes, that man was like, "All right." We'll put the Cody Rhodes uh, thing around his face, like the the joint he he sent out on Twitter last night. He would wrap it around his face and get in the building. Nah, he'd be like, "Look, you can invite me, and I'll and I'll gladly be tested for COVID, or I can show up, and y'all will rue the day that y'all didn't let me get tested for COVID. It's one or the other. Pick one. <laughs> Floyd ain't playing with y'all. Y'all better y'all better hit Floyd line. Quit playing." Look, Floyd will show up in his Floyd custom nightmare family jacket saying he's on the show. Like, you know, he's a part of the roster or something like that. Like, remember how we used to sneak into Wild Splash? Oh, like, Floyd would be pulling one of those. Are we past, li- are we past limit of Look, uh, those yes, statue limitations? Way past that. it. Okay, fine. Yeah. You know, my, you know, you know my, my my favorite way we ever snuck into Wild Splash. And Wild Splash is like a big radio station concert. Wild like Splash, a lot of like oh, regions. For those that know what Summer Jam is, imagine that for Tampa Bay. Like uh, a couple years, right. like 2013, um, it's normally like spring break time. So like 2003, we had uh, 50 Cent like a month after, like, Give Shadow Shine dropped. Like, we had Wayne, we've had T.I., we've had a bunch of different people throughout times, or whatever. So, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, we... So, I think this was around the time uh, I was doing club promotion or whatever, right? Oh, and he was working for... Uh, I forgot... Some, some Spanish dude, I forgot what his name was, but he used to work with Trinity. Um, Carlos, I think. And uh, the deal yeah, was... Carlos, yeah. We... Yep. We acted like we were carrying in plywood for a performance. <laughs> I forgot we and did it worked. This. I forgot we did this. I was there. I forgot we, we did okay. this. Yeah. <laughs> we carried in the plywood or whatever and then like once we get in there we have all this fucking plywood so we're like well what do we do with it? So we just like lean that shit up against a tree or whatever and then walk the fuck off. <laughs> I forgot we did this. <laughs> and we're in there. Like we go around the back, the artist entrance or whatever, because oh, there's a lot of ways to get into Wild Splash. Some people jump the fences because they're crazy, uh, and you know whatever. I was like, look, I'm not jumping no fence. I'm not about to have nobody yoke me. Yeah, I'm about to get yeah, in yeah, though. Yeah, no, no. Think how you saying is like, yes, you, you make yes, yes. I'm not someone that's willing to risk like jumping a fence and getting hemmed up by police. But I will. What I am willing to do is I'm willing to come out here and deceive with them. This fucking, with this fucking plywood as if. As if I'm about to build a bro. fucking clubhouse and then walk out Bro, these wood planks, they're like 10 feet long, so you need like two people to carry them shits. So oh like my God. You'd be like, bro. yeah, of course of course they let him in. Like, of course they're doing something. Why, who who would possibly think of bringing to <laughs> Plywood. Yo, Try it. <laughs> I told you, yeah, like, yeah, of course. Of course, those some vendors. No, I don't need to see that shit. Who else brings plywood out here for this? <laughs> Who in their right minds would do some shit like this? <laughs> yep. So, oh, yeah, man. I think the best part was, didn't they, didn't they used to bring, like, put, um, put wristbands on people for, for Wild Splash? Or no? Yes, I believe we, yeah, they we, did. Did they was, did they got, wristband us for this? I, I, I think they did. Oh my god, outstanding! I think they did because we were there all day, so Ooh, it was like was you know, boy, boy, um, outstanding. But well, yeah, that's what Floyd Floyd show up with the plywood. They'll let you in. <laughs> Say this is part of Cody's interest. They'll never know the difference. Yo, this might be best of. This might be best yes. of twenty twenty. 
Yes. Oh man. All right. Okay. So um, up next, <laughs> we we had the uh, Hanakamura uh, tribute for Max Caliber. Um, that was really nice of them to throw that in there last minute. Um, then uh, Hikaru Shida took on Nyla Rose for in a, for the AEW Women's Championship in a no count out, no DQ match in the video package. She specifically said Nyla's size does not bother her. She is fought and beat Aja Kong before so like w- like the name rings out so <laughs> um, and it's funny because when I when I tell to you about she is like I saw her have a four and a half star match with Aja in 2018 in this is like once she got signed to AEW I'd never seen her before I watched the match because I got it's a recommended match in Joshi City and I'm watching like holy shit this woman is brutal she take a pounding a beating and she give it right back out. And Aja's in a different, entirely different, maybe like three times removed from whatever she was um, when she was in her apex. And it's still great while she can't move at all, Aja. So, like, I imagine what she could do with, you know, other, you know, super capable in their prime wrestlers. And this match isn't nearly as brutal as that match was. Um, but it had a lot of the same elements of, like, babyface in peril... You have in the psychology is she's outgunned, but she if she has the stick, she has a fighting chance. And I thought from the beginning when they established that, um, I thought we were off to the race after that. I thought I thought from that perspective it was well told stories. Like she can get the advantage if she can find something with her with her heart or her or her um, wits to try to you know keep her off balance in. She has more heart than Nyla, so she can, you know, she can wear a beating, but, like, once you put a whooping on Nyla, how will Nyla deal with it? Once it's yeah, it was like, like, equalized. I thought it was really well told. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, can can we bury the um, the the AEW Women's Division slander, like, forever now? Like, just, like, th- like too many great matches are, like, piling up at this point. It's like... In comparison every, to what, though? If you like, want to say compared to the main roster, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, is NXT doing anything right now that's like, you know? Um, I think that their depth is so staggering that it's like, once they get rid of Charlotte, then you can't, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of where we are. Like, um, between Candace, like, we're headed towards 10. They just have so much more depth and quality of wrestler is higher just in general than AEW that, like, I... You know the Charlotte thing is a is a definite monkey wrench, but before Charlotte showed up, like I don't even think we can make a comparison. But um, at worst, we're talking about like the second best major American women's division. So like, what are we really complaining about? Yeah, like like, I, I, like, I yes, think people got to put this away. Like they got to yeah. file that in the in the drawer. Like like uh, there's no depth. There's no depth. Absolutely, but like they made the best of like the uh, well. It was wherever we find out where Rio is. Like the four top wrestlers, they made the best use out of their four best wrestlers, and that's right. saying a lot. Given that, like, we didn't have Nyla on TV for a long ass time until recently. Yeah, like you got Sheeta, who's reaching a new level of like being over right now, especially like how she's been rolling through this calendar year. Nyla Rose, great matches to win and lose the championship. Rio. Uh, over. Um, right. and then Britt who is just like you know say what you want to about the main face run the transition has been excellent it's been one of the best pivots in pro wrestling over the last 
maybe two years. And then you got Statlander, and it's like, for what this show like needs, like like it looks like they're probably going to be starting to get two feuds going forward. So like you got five right there that you can you know build around, and then that's before you get to like B and Shanna or and Swole or Jamie. Like, come on, man! Like this. <laughs> Um, like what happens yeah, but if like I, eventually they get someone like you know people that you know uh, that are out there on the periphery you can still get like a Thunder Rosa or a Deanna Parrazzo Deanna Parrazzo I can't believe I'm saying this Allison K Rachel, Rachel Ellering yeah like there are still people to pick Samantha Heist <laughs> if she ever wants to leave out of um you know stop doing the WWN stuff like there are still people so um or not, so, not WM, but like, well, kind of WM, but uh, I really meant to say uh, Shimmer. But, or, you know, there's still also, um, well, I can't say that she's with ROH now, but never mind. Uh, well, I was going to say Savoy, she's in ROH now. But, yeah, like, so there's I'm, still people. So, originally I went four, but, like, rethinking about, like, how much I like this, I think I'm going to up that to four and a quarter. So, <laughs> Carl right. Sheeta wins the title uh, from Nyla Rose. And I, Nyla was awesome. Like, like, whenever she's asked to, like, you know, go in there and, you know, run it. Hey. Like, hey, you put her in there, you, you know she works well with the Japanese women. I was going to ask you, is she A.W. Shayna? There's a lot worse things you can be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm still going to be on four, um, four flat because I don't think this was better than Riho in the title change from Riho to Nyla. Mm-hmm. Um, I still I think this is the the second or third best women's match, um, but uh, you know because there's also Sheeta versus uh, Britt from a few weeks or maybe like a month ago. But like those yeah. are the th- in my opinion those are the three best women's matches in AEW history, and I would probably say the fourth would be like the Joshi six way, but or, or six person tag. So uh, yeah, like I mean they are you know compared to what it looked like when you know. Um, at first, they're they're you know off to a good start. Like some of these people are you know they're they're executing they're executing well. Like that that um what was that revolution with with Stat and, and Nyla? Like this this easily got like the taste of that out of everyone's mouth from yeah. you know the last pay per view. Yeah. Um. Up next we had uh, Moxley and Brody Lee. So Love like, it. Uh, yeah. This was like they they had the Tyson and, um, and uh, Lennox Lewis security team with all those guys in the ring, but like they needed two more to actually fill out the whole ring, I think. Um, but you know, short build wasn't really hot, so it was like, well, hopefully Brody. Lee, like my 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 positive outlook on it was maybe Brody Lee will be very 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 motivated. <laughs> And it turns out he was. And, you know, John Mosley, of course, like, I don't think Mosley's going to go into a pay-per-view and be, and be like, and let himself stink it up at this point. Um, this is not Dean Ambrose of 2017. This is not Dean Ambrose of 2000, uh, you know, 16 at the end. Uh, this guy is like a complete, like, He's a machine now, uh, just a straightforward fighting machine. And this was like physical. Uh, yes. This was this was like you know all around the the the, the environmental brawling was amazing. 
the submission stuff, the fighting, the the suplexes that you know was going on. Like uh, Brody Lee broke out a Kobashi uh, half nothing <laughs> suplex on the fucking uh, card, and I'm in the group chat, all caps, Kobashi. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this was a Japanese match. The, the, the I think one of my favorite parts of the match was after. Uh, Brody gives, you know, that that fall down uh, big boot that he's, you know, we've seen him give people for, you know, you know, for the better part of a decade now. Right. Shivani, because, you know, he's I don't know, you know, we don't know what he ever watched in WWE before he got this job and he's back on TNT. And I don't remember if Brody ever really did that, like during any squash matches he's done with people. Um, But once he did that, once he did that big boot. And like it was like it was so funny to me like watching the light bulb go off go off above Shivani's head who I thought was like excellent last night by the way bro, he was Shivani. the polar opposite oh, of Ross bro. at times but um, he, bro like has there, has there been like a more like one sided like kind of pairing like how Ross, Shivani has regularly left Ross in the dust um I, oh I will say this it's a weird thing with Ross because Ross is like perfectly good JR for like 85% of the time. And then he'll say like one comment and it'll just derail me. He's like, what? And it'll, it'll piss me off because like, you were so good for like the last 15 minutes. Why did you just say this, Jim? <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, like, but back to, back to what I was saying about Shivani, like with Shivani, like to see the light bulb go over the head is like, you know what? That big boot reminds me of another Brody, Bruiser, and I was like, Bruiser, yeah. He, 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 he like to see. He's like, you, you just now realize that his gimmick was that like he was a he was a version of Bruiser Brody. I was like, damn Tony, damn Tony. This is like this is why Britt yells at you like this. This is why Britt treats you like this. Yeah. You deserve this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went four and a half on this one. Uh, I loved the DDT through the stage. I was like, oh, like I popped big time. And then he came up with the, uh, it, you know, somehow he was bleeding uh, after that. And um, they go to the choke finish and Moxley's beat people with a choke. He also, um, you know, had, had got the, uh, he got, got superplex. And then uh, the match he had with Jeff Cobb, like they, they called that back. Put the legs, um, yeah. Like a near fall. And I was like, man, like they're thinking out here. And uh, this was like, this is a really cool finish. Uh, submission win for Mox. Uh, this is I love the kicking like, one. I love the kicking one. Oh yeah, that was like Ishii. Like <laughs> right. that's why I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so, just like man. good. No, you know I'm 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 good. Okay. Yeah, like it was just subverting your expectations. That's why I love Ishii so much. Um. Yeah, I I was at a I was somewhere between four and a quarter and four and a half on it. I don't know if I can go fully four and a and a half because I remember like I think I gave four and a half to the um, Suzuki match earlier in the year. So like I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think it you know I don't think it's there, but like it's somewhere in between. Uh, but yeah, I I I really enjoyed the shit out of this match and like I'm really happy that like those two you know uh, two people that like. I this know, was an FU match. Yeah, yeah. It's like we remember Luke Harper. I remember when. Um, this is funny because <laughs> this is more like statute limitations things. Uh, like when I was in Baltimore with with Josh Smith of 
keeping it strong style and we were you know working up there like I would spend time from time to time and I would like text y'all or whatever else like articles for wrestling that I would see and like they were on Grantland they were doing like a like a futures draft for like WWE superstars and like at the time like um, the masked man um, shoemaker he had put Harper on the list and I remember being like presently like pleasantly surprised he was on there because I was like this dude is the best worker in in the Wyatt family. Don't I want none of y'all to? Like, I hope everybody else notices this too. I'm not. We're not all crazy, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, to see his time where he got to shine or whatever else, and he would come through. Whether it was with working with you know Ziggler or it was the Survivor Series match or it was with Orton or whatever or, or with AJ, whatever or the the tag match last when they pulled him off the mothballs, right? With uh with yeah. Brian and and um and Roman with with Rowan like. Every time they ever pulled his card in WWE, think he made it work. So in the ring anyway. So like for, you know, I never I had no expectations going to this card or this match, but like that one's like, it'll probably it'll probably work. Because like I love like Harper's Raw. So to see those two do that and it's like it's just more of a F you that like those two did those two did that outside of WWE. And then like with Moxley's like I think Almost after every big match, I like him more and more mm-hmm. as a wrestler. And it was, you know, and you can go through the archives of One Nation Radio. Like we've always been a pro Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, Jonathan Good uh, podcast. So it's like it's funny. It's like except, someone already respected. Except, look, except when we knew that either a they were he was mailing it in right. or b they were handing him bullshit like and i wasn't about was to both at the same time yeah yeah it's like if yeah. you out here putting out bad work you're doing bad work like you know whatever like you're doing bad work right now it wasn't no no thing against you um just like when we were when we were hard on Roman Reigns in them years it's like there have you go out there and see suffering suffering succotash this fucking sucks it just does <laughs> um you know like oh like Oh, Seamus kicked you in the face after you win the title for like five seconds, and then they and then you cry. What the fuck? Like that's yeah. terrible. That's terrible, bro. That's terrible. Leave. Absolutely. Go to Hollywood. Call Rock, please leave. But but yeah, like I think you know every time I see him in a big spot, like even even the the match with Hager, he's always thinking, and it's so funny that like. His character in WWE is that he was just an irrational dumbass, and this dude is a wrestling. <laughs> this dude is a wrestling storytelling beat for beat like master in everything we watch him. We've watched him do since then. It's like they totally missed the boat on this dude. There was so much more they could have done with him, and he was already the Iron Man in the company. It's crazy. Unbelievable. It's crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then <laughs> the last match of the night, the fucking stadium stampede match. Yo. This was not no cinematic wrestling. This was not no movie scene. This was like Melzer said this. They have discovered this is their war games. Like, this is the match that they're going to be able to do, the stadium stampede match, and it is established. Last week on the show, James, we didn't know what the fuck this match was. Oh, right. we know now. This shit was <laughs> a comedy great. Match. Great. Yes. It was a great comedy match, yes. Like, Yo. 
I'm not like, as high as you are. Like, I'm somewhere, but I don't know what to give it. If I had to give it a rating, I would give it above four, but I damn sure ain't giving it five. I saw you gave, you gave it five and a half stars. Five and a half. And I'm like, wait a second. Didn't Rich give... Uh, didn't Rich give like the Hangman versus the Hangman and Omega versus Young Bunch match five and a half? You think those are the same on the same level, bro? This was so fucking great. You thought it was on the same level? I can't compare it because like totally different contexts. But but once you give the same look, number, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at like it's definitely what? five stars. I'll say that it's definitely five stars. Like. I I I really like I really just let this, but yeah, go ahead. I'll I'll listen. I'll listen. This was brilliant. From it was. them all running out at each other's start with Kenny carrying a fucking broom to the the entrances being dressed like like this shit was four stars before these dudes touched each other. <laughs> oh my god! With these football entrances and running through the fucking tunnel, the Jazz cheerleaders, uh, Hangman rolling in on the horse, Sammy Guevara meeting his doom via like the horse and the the fucking uh, uh, running from the golf cart, the um, you know the Lake of Reincarnation showing up, the fucking uh, the one wing angel at the end, the bar fight with fucking Hager and Hangman. This was just like and the timing and just like everything that just flowed so perfectly this was like an all-time match this was like this was joyous it made me happy watching it it made me happy seeing the winner it made me like just like see like wow these guys are so creative and so like this is everything why i felt like the company was ever going to succeed it was in this match it was like all right we take dudes out of the old environments like Hager. We freaking have Jericho. We treat him like the legend that he's always been. And be like, yeah, we're going to listen to your ideas. Like, we got the fucking elite. Like, enough said. Like, it's like, this was just, it was a beautiful, like, masterpiece, I think. Like, and it was like, I, I, I can't think of the last time I've had so much fun watching a match with like you know and this like this was the main event i was there with dan uh i was there with josh number two and jeremy and we were on cloud nine watching this like it, this was just like a new joke every time uh one finished and it wasn't like it was so much jokes it was just like clever like everything you could think of so um i i thought this was a masterpiece this was brilliant okay so I I'm only thing I agree with everything you're saying except I'm not giving it five fucking stars. This is not like I mean we could I mean I don't even want to get into like your opinion is your opinion, but like I'm just like I saw that I'm just like huh, and then like what happened to me was like I was like it's it's somewhere like I imagine um, we talk about the non traditional wrestling matches we've gotten in the empty arena era right where like you you put this like. The ones that were like smashing successes were this match. I'm not comparing them as far as like trying to say they're on the same level or whatever, but like as far as the successes, this one and the um, Undertaker AJ match, right? And then after that, you have varying degrees of mediocre to flat out bad between like, uh, or actually, I take it back. You also have the Wyatt one, but like that is so that is so not a match that I don't even I don't even want that. That should be in his own thing. But like, that wasn't so. even wrestling. Like that yeah. was like something else. Yeah, that was 
I don't know what the fuck that was. Well, there was wrestling and fighting all yeah, over this but shit. But anyway, I'll say this. That was good. So that's like the, lo- the lovable. Lord. That was good. And well, I'll say that's all I'll say on it. But like, you know, then you have like the Gargano, like the, the Gargano and Champa match that is somewhere between average to bad. The, uh, the ladder match thing for Money in the Bank that was, had a lot of the same like elements as this, except like, they were too in your face on trying to get you to understand what the joke was that like it made intelligence um well i i laugh my ass off watch it but like for me it's like i watched i watched it in the same way which is like okay like i just saw the elite i saw um it's a single fall match where, where people are spread out throughout the arena and people are trying to pin each other or whatever and there's one single fall and the rest following the count that falls, and then there's like, there's the bar scene with Hangman and Kenny and um, Hager. There is the sideline stuff with or on the field with Jericho and Sammy and the Young Bucks. There is the pool stuff with Matt Hardy and Santana Ortiz, and like everybody in the in inner circle got laid out to to die and nobody ever went for a single pin one by they, all, one. they all one by one beat everybody's ass would never try to take a pin so it's like okay uh you put you put your boy you put Santana into the ice locker to die instead of pinning him and told him about inflammation you throw or you and Kenny Kenny and hangman like in what I thought was like oh I'll say it in a second but like, Bruh, I, is Jake I, Hager the toughest white man ever lived <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know how to answer that. I don't. Look, Obviously, I don't no. Want but to fight I don't know how to So, um, you had that match where they throw him over the bar after beating his ass. They they don't ever try to pin him. Jericho gets uh, a hangman comes back and spray paints uh, Jericho's face instead of trying to pin him. And Kenny, or uh, uh, they leave. Uh, Sammy for dead after they spike him like a football and they don't pin him until it's time for him to to, to, pit, to murder him and then that, that's when they finally pin him and it was like this is the same farcical stuff for living like just doing shit in different areas and shooting shit and then like the accomplishment is like well the point of the match is you win by pinning and then I hear the complaints from people talking about like how come everybody doesn't know how to fuck to get up the stairs to get to how come I doesn't know how to get up the stairs it's like it's the same shit it's like the object is to do X and then like y'all didn't do any of that because y'all wanted to go tell whatever y'all story is so it's like Obviously, the fact that this match is a thousand times better than that match, like, you're able to forgive that, but it's still the same flaw. So, like, for me, it's like, I'm turning my brain off as, a, as like, all right, the point of this is to win. So, it's like, I'm just like, I'm just there watching just the dumb shit happening on the screen. So, it's like, I enjoyed this one way more than that one. I'm not trying to say that, but it's like, in my mind, it's like, this wasn't, a, like, in my mind, is like, I don't even know how to even rate this area I should because neither one of those are matches there's just shit that's happening it's like i enjoyed the shit out of it but like it ain't no match <laughs> it's just not it was it was super entertaining but it won the match yeah um, but i loved it yeah they they were fighting in a wrestling ring uh for for a lot of it a um, lot of it or for like a, for like two seconds of it I wouldn't say two seconds. I, I would give them a smooth five minutes. Uh, okay. They were in the ring. What's, okay. W- did they ever go back into the ring after uh, your boy showed up on the horse? They never came. They never went to back to the ring after that. I don't think it was that part. All right. So when he showed up with the horse, Sammy got chased around and Sammy appeared in the ring and then he shook Hangman. I'm sorry. When when he came back, I'm sorry. When he came back after like losing 
him in the uh, inside of the bowels of the arena or the stadium is when he came back. Like there was basically like is this thirty minutes? If that was a thirty minute match, they were probably in the ring for six minutes, maybe. Like they only went to the ring to do a couple like fake tag spots, and then like a couple high spots, and then after that they went back out into the ring. Yeah. Steam. Like, like, I don't care if they were in the ring or not. Like, in fact, they shouldn't even brought the ring. They should have had them just run into each other and like, look, you, you count the pin where it's, it falls kind of anywhere. Fuck that ring. We don't need a ring. They only did uh, a ring. That, that ring was there just so they could jump off of the post. That's it. <laughs> and I don't uh, mind it. It was great. Uh, Matt, speaking of jumping off the post, Matt Jackson uh, moonsaulting off the fucking goalposts and shit, bro. This is... <laughs> This was in the middle of the run that Jericho had where he was like, I am not catching a soul. Like, there was a spot where Sammy went for a shooting star uh, splash off the post in on the ring and two onto the floor. Jericho was there. Next thing you know, everybody bumps for, after catching Sammy. Jericho basically like stiff arm Matt Jackson like don't fall on my legs don't fall on my legs I'm not I'm not I'm not bumping for this I'm not catching this leave me alone and then I I, I was howling laughing like Jericho too old for this shit I'm not he's like I ain't doing this shit and then next thing you know it's Jericho um Nick and I think it's Sammy after when Matt goes for and does the, either the moonsault or the shooting star press off of the goalpost and mm-hmm. Jericho just let that man just fall just fall like a fucking rock to the to the grass. The, the, I'm like the, the, the fake catch- catching. Yes, Jericho you know. ain't catching shit. If you look, if that you are if you are going to do a bump, you are you are catching yourself. With the ground, I'm not doing it. I'm too old for this shit. You jump for too high of an angle. I'm not gonna risk my head injury. You on your own. Sorry, player. I don't do. I don't catch. I don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Um, the Lake reincarnation shit was great. Uh, the the bar brawl was fucking excellent. Hangman hey, was was yes. fucking hilarious. Um, Kenny showed up in the gear that I liked. Everything. That <laughs> Kenny did, like the thing for me, everything that Kenny did was the best part. Like, every set, all the stuff that Kenny did was the best stuff in the match. Um, whether it was him getting... F- he got power... He got double power bomb through a fucking barricade gate that was propped up as a bridge. Um, he does the bar... the bar thing um, with with Hager in... in, uh, in Page, and that was the best thing of the whole thing. He was involved in that. And then... This fuck, this fucking, this idiot with with a death wish, after already taking a power bomb head first through a fucking gate bridge, uh, drops like twenty feet with a one wing angel onto a onto this obvious like padded thing or whatever this crash pad thing. I don't care. It's twenty feet, twenty five feet. He's out of his fucking mind. You know who's crazier? Sammy. Sammy took the shit. Right. Like, like, I saw him. I was like, he's really gonna. I was like, is he gonna do it to him up there or what? Oh my God, he's jumping. Holy shit. Like, bro, I, I lost my fucking mind when he did this. Um, Kenny's first uh, pay per view main event win, you know, uh, got got the fall uh, in AEW oh, yeah. here. So yeah. that, was, that, was, that was nice to see. Um, and when, when this thing ended, I was like, well, uh, I want to see Moxley and Kenny at some point. I don't know when, 
Um, but I feel like those those were the two guys like coming out at the end of that show. They kept um, Kenny and Jericho far apart during this whole yep. match. They, they had did. minimal interaction, so uh, I, I don't think they want you to think about that right now. Um, it, yeah, like I said, I loved it. I you know I thought this was brilliant, and it, and it capped off the night of like just me underestimating the fuck out of this show, and then it was just like. What was I thinking? Like, <laughs> like, think, like, like big, big, bi- like down big bicep, Tony. <laughs> well, I think the, mis- I think the, 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 um, this is just, you know, this is like, you know, you are informed by what you have watched in the past. And yeah, is that unfair that like W or sorry, ECW, not ECW, AEW has to like, um, deal with like the 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 former WWE fans or WWE fans that have PTSD from the times been abused. Uh mm-hmm. no, it's not fair. But that's what we're dealing with like so um if they can just keep their head down and keep, you know, grinding whatever else, eventually there'll be enough people to where like we stop doubting them in that way, but like I think I think it is reasonable to be like, look, these builds you know, say what you want to say now you were absolutely right at the time feeling like these bills were lackluster because they were, because like I said, we didn't get a, we didn't get a title shot angle until 17 days ago. This this isn't a monthly pay-per-view or or promotion. This is a four times a year one. That should be, that should never happen. But you know, I'm cutting them in my mind. I was cutting some slack because I know what they were up against. So, mm-hmm. like you know, the standard is the standard. That's how you feel. If you want to judge them off the standard, that's that's you. But me, I was just like, I'm going to allow them the benefit, or, or I'm going to give them some benefit based off of one how well they have done with, in my opinion, over the seven months now or whatever else as a company on TV, and also knowing what their limitations are. And I like I I cut the same slack to WWE as well. Like. I understand, like, you know, your matches go super duper short now, like, and you're packing these ma- these shows with, like, especially NXT with, like, maybe one or two matches longer than it should because, like, you're afraid of letting these wrestlers wrestle and have their matches fully and feel like people might want to want them to go home earlier than normal. I understand that. It, I, it doesn't bother, like, the empty arena shit doesn't bother me because I can just focus in on that anyway, but... For most people, it doesn't. So I understand they make, they're not making these adjustments for me. They're making it for what they feel is best for their fan base. So like, I'm, I'm cutting that slack. And like, if you didn't want to do it, you know, you didn't have to. But like, I will say like, imagine thinking this car is going to perform and getting this. I like, had to be a blast for your expectation because like it went yeah. like it met the standard of their previous pay per views. I think it might might be their third best pay per view. And then like, if you think like they want to not do it, and they come out and have you know one of their best outings you're like over the moon about this show over the moon yeah. and you should be regardless if you thought it would, you know should be touched anyway because it was a great performance by all everybody involved yeah this was like star main performances from like mjf and jungle boys Sheeta. like these are people that are like that took steps forward in their career as, yeah. as entities as like yo we are confident we can we can stick them out there at any point and you know these people are over now so uh along with you know the the old reliables like you know jericho and the elite and you know archer and the, i love this roster like now like all these big guys that have come in uh that can work like all the the junior heavyweights the the established main eventers that they have um you know i i think you know 
uh, the the more that they're they're mixing them all in, it's just going to be the promotion, like the premiere, like one to follow, like booking wise, it's just going to be so exciting because everything's going to be so new right now. <laughs> they're going to have a million fresh matchups everywhere. But yeah, I mean, uh, great show It's one of the best shows of the year should be a best show of the year contender. Um, I have to look back to remember if it was better, if I, if I liked it more than revolution, um, it was probably a more consistent card to Revolution, just off the top of my head, because you know there was no match like the Hagger in um, Dustin match to start off the top. But and it was and they had a way better um, women's title match. But like I, it's I don't know, you know who knows when they have a match as good as uh you know Hangman and Omega versus uh, the Young Bucks. Yeah, you know, that, that might be it. Yeah, like, I, I thought was, I, you know, like all the rest and I watched this year. I think that's I think that's the third best match I've seen this year. So like that's high fucking praise. Um, yeah. So and the other two were in the fucking Tokyo Dome. So it's like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just something about forty thousand. You know, forty thousand. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I guess from there. I guess there's one thing left to do, James. Well, well, one more thing, quick. I guess we'll talk about it quick. Last or Wednesday's NXT. Um, I thought that I remember. I remember you saying that like you you hated uh, the go home show for Dynamite. Yeah, hated it. Um, I thought it was like tropey. I thought it was not enough. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. Um, I didn't. I I didn't feel like there was enough good wrestling on it. Gotcha. Um, I didn't think it was like. I, I didn't feel that sense of urgency like that. I felt like needed to be there. Like they were just kind of casually strolling, but like you know, it, it's a lot easier now on the other side of it um, than it was on <laughs> Wednesday when I was gotcha. watching it. I was I, like, I, yeah, this show sucks. I get. You. I get. You. Yeah. I get you. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? So, um, but. You know, they fixed it. <laughs> they fixed it like yeah. this. But yeah, this was not, that wasn't a a banner dynamite. Yeah. Well, the reason I brought it up is because like after we almost everybody, including me, like shat on the NXT from not two weeks ago or not not last Wednesday or the Wednesday before that, like the third Wednesday, the Wednesday after before that, um, like NXT is like gotten their shit together for the most part like um at least in the ring like they're not just you know the tournament matches are getting time again they're letting people have good matches and like so i'm i'm happy for that like last week the week before last week's show was really about like you know riddle, it being the, the matt riddle show and that was great because it was the matt riddle show um mm-hmm. this show was more like okay um we need to try to um Get feuds up for ready and running for um, in your house, the in your house takeover, and we also need to like kind of get this women's division back on track. So I thought they did a good job. Like um, just real quickly, uh, Phantasma versus Tazawa in the B Block final, um, really good match. This was the first time I thought that like Tiz- or Phantasma was it a jag? I can actually see that like oh yeah, that dude's really good. Um, so I'm happy that they finally did that in his third match. Um, Look, man, it ain't too many Jack Luchadors running around. Like exactly, that's why I was like, "What is going on here, man? Like, why would you do this?" <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, basically, the whole match is um, they start out to quick technical wrestling. Um, he, 
uh, Fantasma hurts Tozawa's uh, midsection ribs or whatever else. Um, then Tozawa ends up uh, hurting um, Fantasma's arm. They have a struggle back and forth where like Fantasma has a backpack uh, or like I'm sorry a fireman's carry Michinoku drive for a finish it's called like the phantom crusher or phantasma crusher I can't remember uh he goes for it Tazawa puts him an octopus hole on the bad arm he powers up and then hits him with his move and advances um really good match Tazawa was just like every time I see Tazawa and Kushida I'm just like god damn y'all are good um Thatcher challenges a uh, riddle to a um next week to a Submission or knockout match, which and, and it's going to be in a cage, um, in a cage because, fight, as as has been termed. Yes, a cage it's fight, and the special guest ref is going to be Angle. So I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm after watching their match from last week. I'm I can't wait for this match. Um, did a they did a profile feature on Chance on Chasi Blackheart, where she is basically like on the range in a fucking tank, Rich, a real tank, not that little little baby tank. She was with an actual like I am going to I'm finna blow some shit up tank. Like yes, yes. The the, the Russo hand me down. Yeah, it may be the same tank for all we know. Wasn't that tank tan colored? I I I, I can't remember. Okay, but, look, maybe Vince yeah. has a tank just way in storage for all we know. I don't yeah. know. But, but yeah, uh, she came out of the tank. She talked to Rich Morales said, like, she is, like, <laughs> we talked about all the dark characters and tropes that NXT has, like, constant yeah. dra- uh, dark characters. Well, like, one of the one of the ones that they have in NXT is, like, Rocker Girl. Or, oh, actually, yeah. it's WWE yep. specifically. They have a Rocker Girl. So, um, like at one point it was it was uh, I almost called her Heidi Lovelace. Uh, Ruby, Ruby. Face. Yeah. Now it's Chassie. Chassie says, uh, or Chassie. She says, um, yeah, you know, I grew up and my dad was a badass to rode bicycle or rode bikes. So he put me on my. He gave me a love for rock, and my love for rock turned into a love for punk rock. And I was like, that's all I need. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> but See, uh, now you'd be guilty uh, of them not like telling you nothing else about her, and then later you'd be like these WWE characters. You know one thing about them, and that's it. <laughs> they, they they told more like she was in a rock band or whatever else. Um, she says she puts up with no. She suffers no fool. She puts up with no shit. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, these are broad strokes, but like they're better than they're better than it was just, like her saying it as opposed to like you just assume it. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. see where she goes. Um, I'm trying to think what else we have. Mia versus uh, Santana Garrett. Two like two minutes. Like Mia squashed her. Um, it was nice wrestling while it was going on, but it was a squash. Um, they, they, <laughs> they set up, they, they recap what happened with Grimes and Balor and Priest last week. Then, um, Priest challenges Balor to take over, um, to a takeover match. And in the middle of this, Morrow, you know, Morrow, she, Morrow, he always, he comes up with the alliteration. He called him the toxic, <laughs> Toxophilite. It's a big word that means archer because remember he's the archer of of infamy. They're putting they're putting alliteration on more alliteration, Rich. Whatever. Look, uh, whatever. I, I don't. I, I'm trying not to bully this week, so I'm gonna look, just let I'm gonna should, let that ride, look, Moral. Look, my, this is what I'll say to him. Oh wow, Moral, especially. Uh, but I will say, yeah. uh, what I will say is this: If you don't do alliteration, why can't you just call him the badass bowman? The badass bowman. Can't that do that. Too. No, 
That's too. They might not want to. They might not want to say ass that many times. So, you know, Moral has to keep repeating it. You know, for the branding. <laughs> you know. Fair enough. Uh, you get a backstage interview with Maverick. He's, he puts over because she like crazy. Calls him like the best cruiserweight in the world slash the best wrestler in the world. Says he's not. And then he says like Maverick. He sells, sell, himself says like that's what I'm up against. But like, look, we all know I'm not Bret Hart. Like, but I'm tired of second guessing. I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself. And I'm tired of all the pep talks I've been given um, over the, over the past few weeks by the situation. Um, and there's only one thing for me to do, and that's win. I thought it was a good promo. Like they uh, they did they did Loomis versus. Uh, versus Roddy. I got to say I really enjoyed Loomis versus Roddy. Like Roddy went out there and had a Roddy match versus Loomis and Loomis is somebody that like, you know, you look at the Largo Loop thread and y'all and you know Dan is killing him, Josh be killing him, and you watch his match and like they had a good match. Um obviously like the stuff he does with his character is probably no. not hidden, but but we don't Bro. know. I saw a screen capture where it was just like the oddest shit I've ever seen. It was the like Nova team. Yes, it's okay. like all right. Desert Lewis is staring straight ahead, so, like with a zillion mile right, gaze right. in his eyes. He has Roddy's head in his hands right. with the gloves, and the right. Velveteen's dream is like this in the right. back right. on the steel steps, on up right. against the pole. No, and I'm like, I just but, see the picture, and I'm like, whoa. When you it, sent me that, right? It was in black and white. So yes. I'm watching the match, and I'm like, when does this go to black and white? What the fuck? And it was a color. I was like, oh, Rick sent me some bullshit to fuck with me. <laughs> That's what I felt. Was like, <laughs> That's like, what I saw. No, like, but like, with, the con- with, with no context, though, and you sent right. me, I was like, this is about to be some terrible, awful shit. But it wasn't. <laughs> it, was just, it was just fine. <laughs> But I was I was in the brace for I was in the brace for the bullshit and it turned I was like oh that's it it's fine I didn't get fucked here okay well, I don't know how to feel now like I thought I was being screwed but all right it's it's cool but yeah hey, like, that's that's like that Becky oh I'm going to WrestleMania right oh that's that's it yes. oh yeah uh, I thought it was gonna, I thought the hook was coming it never came um yeah like it was it was a physical match it's like Roddy eventually uh, Roddy is tries out wrestling cannot wrestle him he gets pissed. Takes a powder, um, tries to go for a single leg, doesn't work, gets pissed again, and then eventually he's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna hit him." And he keeps hitting him. And there are times when he's tr- where uh, Loomis trades back, strikes with him, and um, there are times when he's no selling Roddy stuff, and Roddy's getting kind of like frustrated or he gets spooked at different times. But for the most part, it was just solid wrestling and, and striking. Um, yeah, and then Roddy at one point like starts to work over the back and, and stuff because it's Roddy. And uh, but. Um, Loomis had him on the ropes and until Roddy ends up sneaking um Roddy actually hurt works over the back. Then he goes for Boston Crab, his Boston Crab. Um Loomis tries to go for his uh he tries to go for that reversal cradle and Roddy saw it and sat down on it and got his own cradle for the win. And then after that, um Loomis, which grabs him when he's out right ringside, snatches him up with his front face choke, or his front face and choke. And then um, Undisputed tries to break it up. Can't break it up. He's no-selling the, the strikes. So Adam Cole, he goes to set up to give him a last shot. Out comes Velveteen from behind. And, you know, this this baby face attacks the heel from behind. Um, after after his heel friend, uh, <laughs> you know, after his baby face friend, it's a sore fucking loser. Uh, so 
you, you, you should see, you should go on the network just to see how fast, like, Velveteen got rid and dispatched of uh, Bobby Fish. He, he'd have been geeking a week. He'd been geeking a week. Or, or, or bum of the month, whatever you want to call it. Anyway. Years. Well, if there was a cutoff and we did the show, it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, for TV, he would he would have won it. Um, so then you have he, he super kicks Velveteen or Velveteen super kicks Adam Cole over the barricade. Yes, Velveteen goes to the top rope and he jumps off in one way where you expect him to fall on one side of his body. Then they cut to a camera angle that clearly is like he clearly is landing on the crash pad, and we're cutting to the action of him landing on Adam Cole because why the fuck would anyone take a go from the top rope and land on hard concrete for an elbow drive? That's stupid. Oh, but but look, he lands. He he's falling one way, and then on the cut, he lands facing the other way, where the other side of his body is like that's such bullshit. Anyway, Bro, people on Twitter were destroying this. It was an awful cut. Like it was it was like there are lots of awful cuts in this. You know this uh, non live wrestling. Like the cuts with like the Lincoln yeah. reincarnation were awful too. But whatever. Um, but yeah, like just then he gets up and then he goes on the ramp with Loomis. While Loomis is still sitting there with holding Roddy's head, and then he does his pose, but I'm like, when did they ever fade to black? I was sitting there the whole time waiting, but it's like the baby faces at like total heels here. We had a sore fucking loser, and a dude that came out here and attacked his friends that were only trying to protect their friend. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just bad. It was it was a bad look for Velveteen and 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 um, Loomis. Like maybe they're turning them heel. I don't know, but like whatever, whatever. Um, Velveteen Dream, uninspiring. Right, right now, definitely uninspiring. Uh, yeah, um, Lorcan and Birch versus Everize. They squash him quickly, and then Lorcan and Birch like they mocked um, Imperium. So like, I'm assuming they're setting up for a title shot down the line. Um, a lot of all, look, look, shoot, how are they gonna tell the difference? Like all the boys look alike. Well, t- three of them. Yeah. Bald, yeah. <laughs> Ball heads out here looking like the '98 Pacers. all black. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Then we end up getting a recap of last week with Mia and 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 the Garganos and and Keith Lee. Uh, Tegan. We end up getting. Uh, they show something with Tegan and Dakota. Apparently, that feud's still going. Of course, for some wow. reason. Even though, like the Hill one, just move on. I don't know. Uh, get a Keith Lee interview. Um, and he challenges Johnny to a takeover match, so that's gonna be awesome. Uh, then Riddle shows up and he's like, "All right, well, you want a no DQ, no submission match? Well, I want it in a cage." Um, then you get Kushida and Maverick, where Kushida wins, he controls his own destiny. If Maverick wins, then it's a th- rock paper scissors three way tie at two and one between those two and Atlas. I this was my favorite TV match this week. I think. Um, it just Kushida was just like, I'm the best wrestler. You have no fucking chance. And it turned into some like Rocky grit and, grit and holding on for dear life situation until he made made uh, made use of one mistake and he capitalized on it with a roll up pin. Um, but like Kushida was awesome in this match. Like to see it, it like it's very rare that you see uh, Kushida get to break out like the Brock Lesnar offense. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he but he did and it was awesome um but yeah he's still just great uh so yeah so they announced it next week um it will be a three-way 
um, a triple threat match, and the winner goes to the final for the Cruiserweight title. Yeah, and then, so they're going to beat Drake Maverick next week, or you think he's going to win it? Like, what's the... <sighs> Like, like this kind of kind of crazy how this is all uh, kind of played out. I don't know what they do, but he needs to be he needs to be rehired or not fired or whatever the fuck. He needs to continue to be in NXT or Two Hundred Five Live because this is the most honestly like this is the most inspiring babyface I've seen on TV this this past month. <laughs> just flat, just straight up. On oh. look on 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 on. Raw on SmackDown on NXT on Dynamite. This has been the number one babyface uh, or hero protagonist, if you will, whatever else on major American professional wrestling. So they're doing it three ways. So they yep. could fully have like the other two dudes pin each other, and then him come out there like, "Fuck, I lost my job, but I didn't lose." Like, why are you thinking of the worst things possible? Because that. <laughs> That's kind of what I what I default to with what they do, and then <laughs> this is the this know, is the main roster. Stop this. Well, well, no, because there's there's a plan on this. So like they would be obviously, you know, he he would they would crown the champion, and they'd be like, oh well, who's the dude that didn't lose? And then it would be like Drake Maverick. Then well, they still kind of have that because if like if you were if Phantasma were to win, Phantasma lost a swerve. Okay. So in theory, you could be like, okay, Swerve dispatches Tony Nese as a build-up after he lost that one match, and then he and it shows that he's a world beater, and then he fights Phantasma some other time down the line if he were to win. I don't know if Phantasma is winning or not, but that's one thing they could do. But I mean, there's a bunch of stuff they could do because like all everybody that's every anybody that could potentially win the four people that could potentially all lost somebody, and so you could eventually have a rematch with somebody down the line. So. You know, but I'm saying in the in the block final, he specifically said, "I was never pinned or whatever." Like you know, in this match, it did whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, bring him back because I mean, but I'm kind of tired of like they did that with Johnny, where it's like you know, win the title or go to, or piss off. And obviously, mm. he's different circumstances. He already was fired on front end, but like, do you want to keep going down this like unemployment slash kids coming back? Like between Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens, I think I'm done with people being unemployed and coming oh, back. Yeah. WWE, yeah. all of WWE. <clears throat> um, but they don't look. But that's just a trope, so maybe they'll just do it again. Um, yeah. yeah. But then the main event was um, EO and EO and Rhea, and like I gotta say, um, EO and Rhea was great until the finish. Um, it was great. <laughs> what happened at the finish? Man? Charlotte comes out. And she's just sitting there at watching the two wrestle. They're outside the ring. Rhea, ha- um, Rhea, I think either makes a face at, at Charlotte or whatever else, but like she's close to ringside. Like she's basically like five feet away from them. And um, Rhea goes to throw EO into the ring. Rio turn uh, Rio. Uh, EO turns it into a um, into a six one nine, or no, actually turns it into a. Um, Leg scissors on some Rey Mysterio shit, and it sends it. It sends Rhea flying into Charlotte. Um, before Charlotte came out, EO had the advantage in the match. Just for just a heads up, it wasn't like some like the Charlotte match where like Charlotte just basically you know did whatever she wanted to to EO, and then EO basically got one hot you know one comeback, and then like the, the candlestick came out. It was a back and forth match um, that EO was winning. So then um, 
as EO's about to go, I think, to the top turnbuckle for the for the moonsault, Charlotte interferes. She blazes out both of them, and she stands over the top of them, and they go home. And it was like, this oh, is the most... And remember, like, I'm pretty sure on this show, a couple weeks ago, after the interference with... Or, I'm sorry, the DQ with, you know, and Rhea making the save, and we were like, this is probably headed to a three-way, and they're probably going to do a match between Rhea and EO. Once that match was announced, we all were like, watch Charlotte comes out and cause a fucking DQ. And sure enough, it was the most predictable um, results of 2020, probably. So lazy. Like, the only thing this does is Girl, make people not want to Charlotte. Charlotte has the wrong kind of heat. This is the bad heat. This is them. They're putting her on every show, James. Is she the front and runner running? Put them in the coffin this year. Yes, yes. Well, Corbin, but still, like if not for Corbin, mine is Corbin. I mean, Corbin's like her. a default. Like Corbin's like almost just just doing. Like he's not bothering me. Like you know, like they're not pushing him. Like him, like he's a, correct. I'm not watching him. Whatever, but. <laughs> I'm not watching Charlotte either, but I just keep like hearing everything <laughs> that she contributes to is just is just worse every time. Like I saw people call her Charvid nineteen, like on Twitter, it was ridiculous. Like you have her going there, she's fighting Bailey, then she's in a number one contender match with with Oscar. Like people were theorizing that she's gonna get to this to this fucking match, drop the NXT title without losing the fall or whatever, That's what I think and then. And then immediately, like either beat Bailey or Oscar for the belt. One of them two for the belt, like back that's, on the main roster or whatever. And, and nobody, and nobody, Rhea doesn't get no win back. Like it's just like nah, like it's over. Like and 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 now they're gonna be just moving her around. And it's like she's not a draw. She's not like a a person that they're doing. It's like they're trying to manufacture this like. I don't know why. They're still like, trying to get to 16 to do the whole thing of like the number is Ric Flair has 16 world titles and his daughter comes out and has 16 women's titles as well. And like, like that that, it's just lazy. Mud, bro. It's going to be mud. Like ain't nobody going to remember these shits. Like ain't nobody going to like consider it great. They're doing this literally. Yeah. Like to be like 15 years from now, like when all context is, is removed they just point at the number like that's that's and it's just it sucks to like live through that yeah. and then see all everyone else have to deal with it like yes. that's on the rosters like Bianca Belair where the fuck is she like she's, she's on, on she's main, on main event. event and stuff yeah 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 like come on man like yeah like and it's like they moving heaven and earth for Charlotte at all times and now that Becky's not around no more it's only gonna be worse could you imagine after watching NXT over the last let's say 18 months that that Charlotte would be what the people want not even not even that not even that that after like the last 18 months of NXT that one brand would get Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler and they and they're so far fumbling both of them. Can you fucking imagine? It ain't hard. Well, no, 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 no. Obviously, you can imagine, but it's like this should be fucking impossible. Yeah. Um, they had before those two left. This was the best run of television in any women's division this company has ever done in any in any brand, whatever you want to call it. Blah 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 blah. But with NXT 2018. 
um, or whatever. Like it just was. Fumble it. Rhea's colder. Io is just like she's in the spot that Bianca was in in February, where she's like propping up those two. Yep. Like they're, they're she's gonna be doing all the jobs, and she's gonna be just a person that everyone's gonna wish you know that was getting treated better yep. or whatever, but they're not. Like, yep. and that's just how it is because they ain't the one that they want. Like yep. they want the other two. Yeah, and I, and honestly, like uh, like Charlotte in another three way thing. Like this is like the third time is a charm. It's like we didn't need you in the Bianca and Rhea shit. We didn't need you in this shit, and we definitely didn't need you in Ronda and Becky. It's like this is like what her legacy is now. Like she's the third person that just makes everything worse. <laughs> like, like they all wow. like she has become female Randy Orton in in the way that like the negative parts of Randy Orton actually it's kind of the same thing it's like second generation talent all they've ever wanted for her was to break through she did break through to some extent um wasn't as big as they thought she was going to be but they keep pushing and keep pushing and they're at a point now where it's like this person is too big to not do stuff with or to like not or to let go away for amount of t- for any certain amount of time Yet they're tired at certain points, especially right now. She's in the middle of like one of those runs that like Randy would have when he would be tired, like super overexposed. Huh? Super overexposed. Yeah, and it's like this is this is this is the problem. Like when this is this is the problem of having five hours of fucking programming. You should not have five hours of programming, bro. Not all money is good money. I don't even think it's a program because, like, they have 300 people on the roster. They can put anyone on TV, and it wouldn't matter. It's not like these ratings are, like, high or, like, it's going to swing if you put, you know, different people on like that. Like, right. like, she's not propping them up, and it's not falling at an absurd rate. Like, well, kind of, but, um, like, but I don't think. it ain't got nothing to do with her necessarily. That's just, yeah, like, it's like, like this COVID shit. Like, there's no reason for her to be on three shows, right? Absolutely, now. I agree. And it's agree. like all she's all is doing is like making them think they can't believe in anybody else, right? And unfortunately, they don't. Or, even and- though, e- even though, like, you look at Shayna's body at work on the mic, and this is somebody that you should not drop, you should not let go of the rope on. You look at what. Um, Sonya Deville is doing on SmackDown with these promos, and like she's one of the best promos of this year right now. And this is somebody that you've had basically sit around for like a two and a half years, you know, chilling. Yeah, right. And her, like for you, you know, for about a year, year and a half, I've been saying, what have I been saying about her and, and Mandy? She's Sean, and no offense to Mandy, because I think Mandy still has something, but like she would be the Janine situation, and they're never going to figure it out because one has yellow hair and the other one doesn't, and. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still, you know, and they're still giving them, you know, we'll still see where they what they end up in a few months or maybe in the years come. But like, I, I'm still worried about uh, Sonya, even though she's doing great work right now. Um, and you know, now that they, I mean, now that they have no Ronda, no Becky, who knows? What, who knows where the fuck they do with this stuff? Like, I'm just waiting for it's like when is night is gonna be Oscar. I can see that happening. Bro, that Oscar shit, like that's just a smoke screen. I'm letting everybody know right now. Like, it's a matter of time for the other shoe drop. That shit's going to either Nia or it's going Charlotte. to Charlotte. One or two? Yeah, I agree. And, and Oscar ain't allowed to beat Charlotte. That's against the rules. <laughs> she beat her one time, and that's when she was a heel. That's it. 
Mm. And she missed her. She missed the shit out of her. Like gotcha. she missed her more than anyone's ever been missing. Yeah, I had to I had to make sure to let you know there were, there were hijinks at play. You know, yeah. there you, you know in, in a fair fight, Charlotte Flores mopped the floor with Austin. <laughs> <laughs> You will remember it. You will like it. And this is the way it will be. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, real quick, like takeover so far is um, Ciampa and Cross. I don't know um, how that, I have no expectation for that match. Oh, that I haven't seen much of Cross. He's been squashing people. Um, Gargano and Lee, which I'm over the moon about. <laughs> um, uh, the, the women's three-way match, which should be great. Um, uh. It... It's it, it's Rhea and Charlotte and Io. If if they can't have a great match out of those three, they need to fold. Up, they need to fold up the whole promotion, the whole company, and, and fuck off forever. Like, I mean, what, what? I feel like the finish is gonna be stupid. It, it it could be, but like, all I'm saying is, if this is gonna be a takeover quality, if this is gonna be a takeover, this should be not. This should be a fucking home run. Like, I'm sorry, it should be. If they don't, then, then it's a failure, and they fucked up and they got in their own way. Um. What's the other match? Uh, Balor and uh, Damian Priest. Um, I think it's going to be a really good match. I don't know if it's going to be great, but I, I know it'll be at the least be very good. Um, so, like, so far, it looks it look a damn good card. I mean, you assume that, you know, you're going to get um, Velveteen and Adam Cole. Cole. Um, you may possibly get a Riddle and Thatcher match in, in like, the final match. Who knows? Um, it looks like they're blowing through that to, like, wrap that shit up and get Riddle uh, yep. ready for the belt. Would you? Feels, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then um, there's possibility you might get Candice and Mia. I, I'm, that might, it's probably TV. That sounds more of a TV match, but oh, who knows? Might be tag. I mean, because, I mean, they still have to get, like, regardless of, depending on the mechanism, how this breaks out, like, Candice beats... Mia, Mia's always been, or Mia might be, might be filling in that space that like Bianca was in, where like before Mia was just a flat out mid carter. She might be up, she might be a gatekeeper now. So who knows? Um, but it, you know they they're doing this and they clearly want to do something with you know Candice and Mia. So that's something in the works. Um, they've teased back to Bianca in in Dakota. Um, so that. I don't think that's going to be on takeover again, but Tegan and Dakota. Yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. Tegan and Dakota. So like that's going to be on TV eventually again. So, so yeah, like they, it seems like they have, they've decided like, Oh yeah, we have no direction. Let's go get us one. So thank God <laughs> yeah. for that. After, after yeah. that, that show was two, two, uh, two episodes ago, two weeks ago. Cause that shit had me like, I can't believe this was that come of this company. And I'm still very worried about the Charlotte shit, but like at least like, Things are in motion here. Lorcan and um, Birch versus Imperium. If they have a takeover match, that'd be great because they're great. Um, but yeah, um, I guess I have nothing real to say except for uh, the the Arisa stuff. So, well, so we haven't had to do it in a while, but James, yes, Rich, it's the music. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, what the what a, fuck, cuz? What a week for stardom. Jesus. Like, this has to be, like, 
this has to be like the well, nah, this is the hardest we can start them. Like it, it, it just they, Arisa Shiki, the wonder of stardom champion, the white belt champion, um, who was on an eleven, um, was eleven defenses. I think so. Eleven defense streak. Um, twenty four years j- old. Just finished up, um, or in the middle of you know, just passing one year as a white belt champion, is retiring due to head and. A head and neck injury or head and neck injuries. Um, this is something that me and Rich have had like a kind of a eerie doom and gloom worry about over really since you know, um, no people gate where she, um, n- you know, they basically pulled her off the card the day of the show. Um, what and actually did unannounced, like nobody found out that she was off the card until she they just you know, she wasn't in the match, wasn't happening. We're like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. You know, at, at first I thought maybe this is some, you know, there was rumors of it being a head and neck injury. Maybe there's some type of smoke screen to hide, you know, the fact that, or hide that this might be some type of COVID um, situation. Um, and then judging off her tweets from her um, alternate ego account, that's the best way I can explain it. It sounded like she was isolated and she was like not dealing with the loneliness well or the isolation well. So I, you know, I. I, I thought maybe I thought possibilities because it's like this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound right, and um, it really sucks that she's gone. Um, Rich's this is uh, Rich's favorite wrestler in stardom. Um, so you know if you ha- if you know you have some thoughts prepared or whatever else, um, you know please share with me. And yeah, like I was saying earlier in the show, like uh, the like first wrestler I was drawn to was like like Hanukkah Like yeah, that's the one. And then like I started watching these matches, and I'm like, oh. Arisa's the one, like, <laughs> um, and it was just like every month it seemed like she was, she had like a great match waiting for me, like and, to watch, and I appreciate that. Uh, got to see her live um, at Stardom, and I was, I was like, wow, like you know, because we always heard the stories about like how Joshi her quick retirements, and yeah. like we got a little taste of that. Yeah. With you know Hazuki retiring out of nowhere at twenty two, uh, could guess who's a little further in her career. I think and, she's twenty seven. Uh, yeah, and, and she's I think you know more miles or whatever. But yeah, a lot more like Rissa in this case, it's like what? What the fuck, man? This is just like out of nowhere. It's like somebody unplugged the the uh, the, the fucking cord in the back of the PlayStation. Like yeah. it's like, well, damn, the game was still going, man. Yeah. Like what, what the hell? Especially because like. She was in the first stardom dojo class that graduated, mm-hmm. right? With Mayu Batani um, and Yoko Bito. And after like a year or two years, she left. And then I think I want to say like September or September of October of 2018 is when she came back. So it's like, all right, you're back now. You're older you don't have as much miles on you as a lot of the other girls do. And like, it sucks that, you know, injuries happen and she came to them. I don't think she's sandbagging or she wanted to leave without putting anyone over. I don't believe that for a second. Um, I don't think anyone's ever said that, but like, if anyone's listening to this, it doesn't really, you know, watch the article and think, you know, this political thing. I don't think that for a second. Well, uh, I, I made a few jokes in the, in the chat. I was like, she does not have to lose to Julia now. 
<laughs> get, it, get it on your own, Julia. Oh, wow. Oh. Hey, ain't got to lose the Tam either. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Um, yeah, so I, you know, she was somebody that is very, it's really weird because, like, I'm thinking about, like, Julia right now. You mentioned it. Like, Julia has a lot of the Arissa stuff and the Hannah stuff, and they're both gone now. Like, both of the like, when it comes to, when as far as the um, Hannah stuff, it's like, these are two people that are brawlers at heart, um, are okay at other things, but are mostly just brawler. The things that they're really good at is the brawling and the toughness part. Um, and they are very attractive women, and a lot of the noted talk of their attractiveness from the native domestic fans is that they have a quote exotic look because they're biracial women. So, uh, you know, so it, it, so that's the Hannah part. As far as the Arissa part, it's like, these are two people that the fan bases have, or at the time when, when they first came in, were not exactly receptive to in the way that you would like them to be. And then a push got behind them, and the push is obvious as fuck, but the push has worked. <laughs> um, obviously, we don't know if, you know, Julia will start reeling off four and a, four and a half star matches um, to start, you know, uh, to start off when, you know, she, if if and when she becomes a white belt champion, like Arissa did. But, um, you know, to be honest, when Arissa started this off, when she won the Cinderella tournament uh, the year, you know, in 2019, I, I was really worried. It's like, okay, you're taking a belt off Momo, who's the third or fourth best wrestler in the company, and you're putting on this woman that, like, I've never seen, like, I, 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 I don't see it, or I haven't seen it yet, and, like, I never see her flash in any type of impressive way during these tag matches, and that's what started was built off of, and that's how you kind of get an idea of what these people can do. And then the match with Tam happened. I was like, okay, like this is shocking. I wasn't expecting this because like she doesn't do, she doesn't wrestle with anything other than her feet. Um, and then she has a match with Hazuki and I'm like, well, maybe she's just like, she just knows how to have great singles matches with people in like, but everything else, I don't know. I don't get it, but she kept, you know, obviously she wasn't running off four and a halves every month, but like eventually it came to a point where it was like, Regardless of if it's a four and a half star match or a four and a quarter or a three star match or, or sorry, sorry, a four and a quarter match or a four star match or a three and three quarter star match, like every single month you were coming away with Arissa and the worst you the worst you could possibly get out of her was three and a half. Yeah, and, so, and it was funny because like the things that you know <clears throat> it would be like, all right, there's the red belt ring going on with B, and then there's the white belt match right. with Arissa, and then it's like. B is like is while it's good, you go to Arissa's match for that real, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like she's he an was incredible. constantly putting in like three and a halves, and Arissa at the time was like pulling out four and a halves, and it, it, it was there. Uh, an incredible offensive wrestler, like uh, strike striking goddess. Um, she has a nine point one six at like uh, rating on Cage Match for like her uh, wrestler profile. Which will probably put her in like the top ten but for women, right? It's among the best. Like I know of you know all 
time. Yeah, like uh, Manami Toyota, Mako Satamura, the uh, Kyrie Eo, Asuka, and uh, Mayu were up there, and then after that, like in a, high, a nine, like a number that high is like you start getting to Arisa probably really quick. Yeah, so um, like out of every wrestler wrestling performer to ever live, right? Mm-hmm. She's on page two. She's number <laughs> one hundred four. It is funny because it's like an all time great. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, just for some context, the people that are around her, um, number one hundred one, Kensuke Sasaki. Um, number 106, Flamita. Uh, number 109, uh, uh, Tenryu. Uh, number 112, Will Ospreay. Number 113, Shingo Takagi. 114, Ray Phoenix. Um, number 108, her trainer, her trainer, Fuka. Um, Samoa Joe, 118, Sting, 115, Gordon Soley, 102. So stuff like that, like, you know, he's. Highly regarded. That's yeah. That's um, I'm not, look. She's retiring. I'm not even going to get into what what I think of that rating. Whatever it is, what it is. But uh, yeah, it sucks that she's that, that this has happened because like this yeah. is that like while I had issues with like um with her approach to wrestling and like some of the stuff she did in her wrestling, I thought that because of her age and lack of mileage. I thought that she had room to grow. Um, like I was, it was something I was kind of like, I thought like she can already do this at this level, doing what, what she already, what doing the little that she already does do. Imagine if like, you know, work, you know, getting a hundred matches in a year or, you know, close to it, you know, doing, you know, all the fundamental stuff that often uh, for that long Repetition wise, I thought like the sky was a limit for her, um, and she she had a rocket strap to her. She was at worst the third most pushed person in the company behind Hannah and in Mayu, and it sucks. It really does. Yeah, I will miss her uh, for sure, and, and her pageant like music uh, that was. Yeah, it, it is crank. So, um, yeah, so I, I might have to throw on uh, an Arisa match. Uh, you know, uh, shit. I wonder which one I, I'll put on. I mean, her and man. Oh, I can go through it in my head. Um, her and Tam um, in June at the June Corican, the July Corican versus Suzuki, the August, the early yeah. August Corican against Jungle. Um, she, I'm trying to think she, some of the, she, cause she didn't really, she actually did not do well in the, um, or real well compared to her peers or the pack in, um, the Grand Prix, but she had matches like, I loved her match with, um, B in the Grand Prix. Um, the final match at, um, in the, in the final night of, uh, the Grand Prix against, that against, not Hazuki, but against, um, Kagetsu that went to a time limit draw was, was great. Um, uh, her her eventual defense, uh, I think yeah. the October Corican Hall against uh, oh. Kagetsu was great. Yeah. Um, I think her last truly great match was um, 
was the year-end climax Corken Hall match against Konami. I thought that match was fucking fantastic. I f- that's probably my that's probably my third favorite Arisa match. Um, hmm. And I mean, also to throw into it, I probably say the um, the tag league final. Um, her and yeah, Tam, her and Tam against Jungle and Konami. No, no, the, the final was against. Um, oh, sorry, um, Jamie and B. Jamie and B, and then the eventual match in Shakiba versus uh versus um those two versus uh J- Jungle and Konami. Yeah, I, I, I she she had a she had a bunch of matches uh of, of highly rated matches, um like she was a she was one of the best big match performers in all in the entire world in 2019, um and you know. That's that's you know Sad the way she's left on the way out. Yeah, so like Hazuki, we were talking about it earlier, like yeah. uh, a whole era of stardom, like kind of like gone here. Um, yeah. Hazuki, Kagetsu, Arisa, and Hannah. Yeah. Um, that that is your your, your, tra- your, your trainer biggest your yeah. biggest draw. Your trainer slash one of your main eventers and former champion. Um, in Hazuki, you have your best technical wrestler that are your, your second best technical wrestler, um, under 25 years old. Um, and then with Arisa, you had, you know, your number three star and, you know, all of these people or except for three of them were all, you know, under 24 years old. We're under twenty three years old. Super match, big match performer, and a champion right now. So yeah. that doesn't get to put it over anybody on the way out. So, yeah. uh, like it's it, it's it sucks. Like I mean, the last time they had a talent, uh, like the thing with Stardom is, I've heard people joke that like um, this this promotion may be cursed, mm-hmm. and this was uh, this was. In 2018, when I heard this, um, I was listening to um, Wrestling Makasi's History of Stardom podcast, and he talked about how they had a, a slew of injuries that led to the biggest draw they've ever had. Um, Yuzuki Akawa retire, which led to that to- uh, that Sumo Hall show. Um, but there was a, f- a slew of rookies that got injured in that year as well. Um, there was also 2015 where you had a nine Takahashi leave, um, where actually like 2014 started from there, like 2014, we have Nasuki Tayo, who I think th- I, her match is fucking incredible. Like, I think she's every bit EO's equal as a wrestler. Um, that was, that was sometime 2014. And then like Nanai and Yashiko both leave after the shoot thing that happened in, you know, Yashika was the Red Belt champion at the time. Nanai was the first Red Belt champion. And then you have this. It's like, there have been times where, like, they have lost a lot of talent in quick succession. But, like, this one is, like, very hurt. Like, at the time where, like, they were ascending as a company in popularity and reach outside the country. Um, they've had a lot of gigantic blows. And I don't. I haven't even like thought of like what Storm's gonna like when they come back, right? You, it's like it's gonna be the Mayu Watani show until eventually she has to fight Julia, like at the end of the year, I think. Like I'm, like, like I'm thinking like 
I, I mean, before this, the announcement of Arissa's, um, you know, like they probably gonna elevate Lil Sia, Big Sia, um, like those would be the two I'd be looking at, like trying to elevate. Danny, like it, it sounds. I, I don't know how they can carry on. Like they had, they, they. Blue, they grew to f- 25, you know, wrestlers that are regulars or whatever else, and they had five factions for them. And now, given the amount of just heavy hitters, when like I don't think there was another promotion that had that many, like, that many, like, top talents under 25, I just don't under contract anyway. Um, now that like where we are now is like, do they need to go back to four? Mm-hmm. Um, four factions. Yeah, do you need to go back to four factions? I mean, I don't like. I, I, I don't think, think so. Well, I, th- I think they just need to they, they need to elevate. Uh, and now, like Rossi's a good booker, so like, yeah. And, and I think he knows that he always has his old reliables like Momo and Jungle and Konami. Like, like they're all there, and like, and they're gonna get leaned on, but. I think your elevation people are like Big Sai and Little Sai, and take it from there. Like, let them to like try to, you know, get it going. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just so concerned on like what TCS is gonna look like without Hannah because like that's her brainchild and like honestly, the three biggest successes in Stardom last year were the Arisa push, the Mayu's run back in you know with uh tcs the 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 building of that faction and then like off the strength of hannah winning the g the g1 the grand prix and losing to b everybody wants mayu to then win because like she's done her time and it's okay for her to now win the title after it's not just straight pushed to the top after you left or got hurt or whatever else had to drop the belt in 2017 so like now that TCS is like changed forever, I'm not saying get rid of it because why the fuck you get rid of it? Like use that to honor, but like I don't know how this goes on and without it feeling like the JV squad. Even even if I you know even if I think the the world of Jungle and Konami, like I think the strength of their of of their group was that they had three stars. They all brought something different to the table. And they all had, they all were able to like be this almost like a odd, like an odd couple, but it's an odd triplet. And then they were able to, you know, make it work. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, and then also having, you know, Def Yamasan. And now it's like, okay, so now, now what? Like, is it, is it co-captains in like just Def Yamasan and then all just young girls now like they they have no depth now and the thing with Hannah was Hannah spoke the best English out of everybody mm-hmm. so that's the reason why you know before TCS started like when they started made the um the fifth faction for her it was like it was like the Hannah International Army thing where she had like you know Zoe Lucas, Bobby Tyler, um, Mary Apache, um, Natsumi, uh, Natsumi's Mary Apache's child, um, 
who else was it involved? Layla Hirsch, for example, would come in. Same thing. It's like they they most of the foreigners were with her because she spoke the best English, and she so enthusiastic and loving of other people that like she was able to just you know make it work with um, the foreigners. Like right now, we're in the middle of you know you can't get foreigners in right now, right? <laughs> and you're gonna eventually come back to TV and like you're not even gonna have the top star because she's dead now. So. What do we? I don't know what to do. I, I don't. I don't even know where they go. Bun is like, do they? You know, do they parlay with with uh, Donna Del Mondo? Do they just do a? Do they just do a redis, uh, Do a draft? They haven't done a draft this year. Yeah, I, I think I think that's 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 the move. Like it, it sets something up, like because like the two people that are still here from that Tokyo Dome match. From Mayu and Julia, so that's probably going to be your big match. Yeah, um, and now they're third, and now you know, figure out a white belt tournament or however you want to do that, yeah. and and yeah. pick somebody and be like, all right, we're like going to let you or shit, put it back on Momo, like you know, I I don't know if they want to do that, like because I don't know if they want to push her like that, but um, well, they're, <laughs> I mean, okay, so after Arissa retired. They changed the uh, the stardom, the American stardom. Damn, they quit with it. They changed it to um, it, it was one that had five people on always, and it would always have like, you know, the 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 four from the four from the Tokyo Dome plus Tam. Mm-hmm. Arissa, you know, retired, and they replaced Arissa with Momo. Um, now after um. Hannah's death is just a picture of Hannah. Obviously, you know, they don't really... That's just promotional stuff. It is not, like, as um, telling as WWE main roster promotion stuff is. But that's what it looked like. So, you know, and the thing with Tam is... Tam has always been... One of the three most over people in the company. From a merchandise and... um, you know, likability, whatever you want to say, uh, perspective, but it was always supposed to be a long play for her. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you just say, fuck that. Like we need a happy ending at this point right now. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know, but, um, in, you know, it might be a situation where like Tam needs to like leave stars, which is like, I hate that idea. Like the reason why I like Tam so much because like she because like her her and Mayu's friendship. But if that's what they need to do, then you gotta crack some eggs, right? Um, but all I know is like no Hannah and TCS. Uh, you know, Ode Oedo Tai looks like Oedo Tai. I don't. You know, I I yeah, don't, I don't know. Like a like pants with holes in it. That's what that's what Odell Ty looks yeah. like. And like, I don't know if you can. Just, I don't. I wouldn't feel. I don't. I don't want Odell Ty to go away because like they were the like they were a faction that it was like the Odell Ty versus Queen's Questing is what like kind of brought us to where we are now. Um, in 2018, kind of brought us to where we are now. Like. This is this was a quote unquote brand that that put butts in seats for a long ass time. Like just put motherfuckers in it. Like I don't know. Maybe Tam goes back to Edo Tai. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, they're gonna have to figure something out. They're definitely gonna have to. And this and, yeah. and it sucks because like before before this damn this virus, man, before this shit started popping off like we got Rio over there. Maybe maybe they can uh they can do something with Rio. She's unaffiliated. Maybe maybe. Um but I I mean I'll I'm put her in a gang. Last you know. time I, I think last time Rio was there was like um Hey, the Azumi elevation. Beginning of February. Same story like this, this time. It, yeah, like you said it like the Sayas in um Starlight and Azumi, this this might be the time to break the glass on them. Like they all clearly are talented. It's just a situation of experiencing in, in youth, especially youth when or especially especially age when it came to Starlight and Azumi, like those are two of the better better workers in the company. But it's just like one's eighteen and one's seventeen. Um you might have to say fuck that. Like sometimes you gotta you know, like when they did Momo when she was uh like eighteen, like or nineteen. Sometimes you're just gonna have to get pushed. They, they have the talent to do it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe you know, maybe they have to split up uh, Utami from Utami and Momo, and like hey, Utami, Ross, a, a, a um, faction leader. I don't know. Rossi need to call him in the office and be like, "Fuck you, think you get paid for?" Like, oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> oh man. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't know, but it's gonna be different, and their their depth is just they're on damn this year, man. Like this this whole podcast is just like think of everything we talked about, everything that dates back to it was shit was all good or shit was looking up, and then COVID came and fucked everything up. Like it's Bro, <sighs> like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Well, this shit don't fuck anything up. Yeah. But dude, you know how badly I want to see New Japan. I haven't seen New Japan in months, Rich. Crazy. I I cannot wait till I can fetishize Pearl again. I cannot wait. I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> <sighs> All right, that's the end of the show. Be sure to read yeah. on our app. You you yes, I'm gonna say. Nah, um, but they um. Y'all can leave a donation for for us, uh, Red Circle um, slash donate if you like. Um, I uh, produce a song for Swerve, um, so that's and I'm going to be producing uh, a lot of music. Thought I'd let everybody know, so I don't know when that'll be out, but I guess it's like a project him and uh, Montezzi are working on. Uh, what's up, y'all? But um, yeah, so if you see the stuff across social media. Uh, do me a favor, just retweet it, like it, you know, share it, whatever. Uh, probably gonna be coming out soon. You ain't gonna tell them to do like the Justin Bieber, like with the fan base, and like just, just all you do is like you play the song and you put it on repeat, and like you just turn your do volume it. down do low, but don't put it on mute. Just put it down low as you can uh, without stream putting it on mute. It's stream, stream that, Bill. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so y'all, y'all. I mean, they should already be doing that anyway with the you know, the, the written ladder song. So I, you know, I send a playlist. All you gotta do is make the same song in the playlist over and over, and then just keep going all the way down. <laughs> Get these numbers. Oh man, scammer! Uh, so <laughs> that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this. Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check. 
Be sure to check out our friends at PowerSlam.tv, the sponsor of the show. If you're a fan of internet pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code SocialSuplex to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash SocialSuplex and pick up some official Social Suplex podcast network merchandise. Be sure to check out the other shows on the network. On Sundays, we have this show on Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. And on every other Wednesday, we have Roman Washes Shit. On Fridays, we have Gim the Ring. And on Saturday, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, uh, y'all. Yeah, so Tuesday, they've got um, uh, AJ Styles episode uh, with Chris Samsa of um, Sport of Pro Wrestling. I believe that's his website. Um, that should be pretty interesting. And it's about AJ Styles' time uh, in New Japan. So make sure you guys look forward. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. Yeah. So, how do you feel about their uh, about their poll in the? Uh, it was New bullshit. Well, let me finish. Give context. In the in the um, New Japan fans are all about the erasure of Kenneth Omega. It was bullshit. It, it you know it's yeah. I don't know why they mad. You know why they mad? He left. That's why. Y'all, y'all number some hurt holes, you know. <laughs> you know, you know, upset, you know, that he beat Okada before Naito did, you know. I I, I know why you're angry. And then he left. Oh man. You know, his career became an executive. You, you know. know, you know what I thought about when uh when I saw like all of that? I was like, some way actually I know what way, but like some way. Rich is going to blame Cody for the reason why people hate Kenny's title reign. And it's like, that's true. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Here we go. Go ahead. Take off. I mean, mean, when you got to wrestle Cody, you know, in a no holes barred, no DQ (laughs) match in the Cow Palace and and not get, you know, four and a half stars. And, you know, you, and then, you know, you have a match lined up, you know, all of a sudden you got to do a three way and Cody's in it, but Cody Ibushi. And then people just don't like it and hate it. And they're like, you know what? Fuck him. And then he drops the title. And and people thought know. he was leaving for months. Huh? And people thought he was potentially leaving for months. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, they, I, this erasure is strange. Strange. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you enjoy that Jay White life, then, like, like cool. But, like, all I ask, all, all I ask is that, like, if and when you see me in the street somewhere, you, you'll never see me in the street because I don't go nowhere. But if you, if if and when you ever see me, like keep it moving. Don't talk to me. I'm good. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I don't want to know this. I don't want to know you people that are like Kenny Omega or Jay White greater than Kenny Omega. Never, never. I feel like we're not talking about the same thing at all. Like you look, you like different things. That's cool. I don't want to talk about that bullshit you on. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. You stay. You stay. Look, there's a line right here. Stay your ass on that side. Look, man, like I saw what one of them did against Naito, and I saw what the other <laughs> Naito. I saw what one of them did against Okada, and I saw what the other one did against Okada. I saw what one did against Tanahashi, and I saw what the other one did against Tanahashi. I saw what one did against Ibushi, and I saw what the other one did against Ibushi. Would you like me to keep going? <laughs> You could. You absolutely could. I, I absolutely can. So yeah. deep down, they know the truth. And and that's good enough for me because at night, before they go to sleep, they're going to close their eyes and they're going to think, I miss Kenny deep oh, down. I, when, <laughs> you know, I when they wake up and the mat 
ain't quite as great as they as they remember as, as they felt like they were in 2017 and 18 when they're like trying to trying to you know bend over backwards and feel like and, and create that feeling again and look for just something that's missing and they don't know what it is they'll feel it deep inside their chest they know it's yeah. the about machine they, they, they that they missing yeah when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside and it, this time is without a bigot later y'all <laughs> Hey, y'all, I forgot to mention this, but in the description of this uh, podcast, I will be adding the links to um, Hannah and Arissa's theme music. Um, right now, you're probably hearing Arissa's theme music, but uh, I can't play Hannah's because Hannah's is some copyrighted music, and I'm not getting the podcast taken down off of YouTube. But um, I will add links, and I'll also, like I do with all these um end of 10 years for stardom for um uh, major players i will add links of of their you know some of the best matches um so um thanks for listening again later What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.